Estados Unidos. Get ready. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of the Play to Win podcast. My name is Kieran, my, uh, and I am, of course, joined by my awesome co-host, Tyler, as I forget how to say English properly. How are you, Tyler? <laughs> I am doing well. I got a good night's sleep after many late nights of not that great sleep. And yeah, you know, Comic-Con was last week. You know, that was fun. That was really great. Got some really cool stuff there. It, it was a good time. It, it's been a good week. It's been a busy week. Yeah. Nice. I, I've, I've had quite a busy week myself between work and uni and a bunch of other things that uh, <laughs> I've been working on. Oh, boy. But uh, just as a reminder for everyone, you can find timestamps down in the description of this video. So if you want to jump about uh, as to what we're talking about this week, if you're only interested in one topic, go and watch that. Uh, you can also find those in every podcast episode. But of course, you can also go to our website if you want to find timestamps. You can find our website at playtowingames.wordpress.com. You'll find every, every piece of content we publish is also put up over there, as well as on our YouTube channel which you can subscribe to and i'm trying to do segues as i go but it's not really working out uh, you can <laughs> just, do just be natural that's all you gotta do is be natural don't think about <laughs> it too hard think about it too uh, hard that it just feels forced and you're just like uh uh what's the next thing yeah uh you can subscribe to our youtube channel while you're watching the podcast we post videos every monday and friday they're they're good we would say so anyway yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're pretty good over there it, yeah. you know they're they're fun videos sometimes they're reviews sometimes they're previews sometimes they are just our thoughts on things we post all types of stuff over there a lot of yeah. cool things exactly so go subscribe to us exactly we, we, we do good content here mm -hmm. like last uh, week we put out two videos well last yeah. week as of when this video goes live two cool videos came out Karen's yeah. Halo Infinite multiplayer preview dropped on Wednesday. My review of Kana Bridge of Spirits dropped on Friday. And then, you know, the podcast, episode 28, came out on Monday. Like, we, it, was a, it was a busy week. It was a productive yeah. week over there on the channel. Um, so, yeah, go check all that stuff out. And if, if you want to read, like, the written versions of the preview and the reviews, that's over on the site. So yeah. if you prefer to read it instead of, like, watching, head over to the site. And you can just read the reviews and the previews. It's it's beautiful how it all works. It's really beautiful. Exactly. We got like a whole ecosystem over here. Just go and, go and check out all our stuff. It's great. <laughs> uh, included in all our stuff is our Instagram and Twitter. You can go and follow those uh, if you want like updates on the show and random stuff that we post. It's fun times. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's all our housekeeping stuff that we need to get through. But wait, did we say what the Twitter and Instagram are? Because I don't remember if we did. Uh, they are at Play to Win Game. See, look at that. There we go. Don't forget to follow us over there at Play to Win Game on Twitter and Instagram. This show is already kind of off the rails. And <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that bodes well for the rest of the show, but let's oh, get to it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so uh, in the rest of the show, we are going to be talking about FIFA wanting a lot of money from EA. Nintendo sharing news on Animal Crossing and their new Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, and the fact that Ghost Recon Frontline has already been delayed. Fun times over there at all these companies, specifically at Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, other two, not so much. <laughs> uh, but before we get to those, we do have some brief mentions to get through, which are rather light this week, so we should be able to get through them pretty quickly. 
first off, Microsoft has announced pre-order information for the Xbox Series X mini fridge. Uh, it will the fridge itself will be available in December. Pre-orders are starting on October nineteenth. It will be sold exclusively in Target in the U.S. The price is nine no ninety nine point nine nine dollars ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents. I was about to be like, why did you say the point nine nine? <laughs> That's like this isn't this isn't a math problem. What are we yeah. doing here? <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the U.K., it will be eighty nine ninety nine at game. Uh, okay, and will be sold exclusively there. If you want more information on the mini fridge, you can go to Xbox Wire. They put out a whole article about it. Uh, I might pre-order it. I kind of want one. I won't, but I can imagine you getting it and just like popping it. I, I if there was an outlet right over right here, you know, it's fine. Because I was gonna say if there was an outlet behind the um the stand that's like next to your bed back there, I could just imagine it being just right there <laughs> next to it, or like yeah. next to your desk or whatever. You know, just like gamer central just like all right yeah. just pop this thing open get a drink yeah. while you're there editing stuff now see what, what i'm gonna get like a button that i can have and it's just gonna like come down from the ceiling so it, it dispense a drink to me oh my gosh <laughs> um but yeah that's cool um if, if you want a mini fridge go to xbox wire uh dragon age 4 will apparently exclusively be on the xbox series x and s ps5 and pc will not be coming to previous gen consoles I don't know why this is news. It shouldn't have yeah. been a surprise to anybody, but I guess we're at that stage where it's like, we need to say it that it's news at this point. Be like, yeah. surprisingly, it's going to be on these consoles only. It's like, is it really a surprise? The game is probably coming out 2023 at the earliest. Like, I would oh, yeah. not be surprised. Like, I don't expect any games to be cross gen, any big games to be cross gen at that point in time. No, no, absolutely not. I think cross-gen is going to end with, honestly, God of War. I think that's when we're going to start seeing, like, a whole lot more of them just, like, start going away. Yeah. Like, from the big-name games. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of big-name games, Call of Duty has announced a new anti-cheat system called Ricochet, which is awesome. It got yeah. hacked within a day. Well, not hacked. It got leaked. It got leaked within oh, a day. Yeah, because yeah, it's the, not officially uh, out. It's coming out when well, yeah. the new season of Warzone and everything starts. If I'm correct, but it got leaked like a day later. Yeah, and yeah. People are already messing around with it and stuff. So fun times, and then not so fun times. <laughs> yeah, and all. Uh, yeah. But so unfortunate. But remember, though, Call of Duty. You know, pretty uh, published by Activision, who mm -hmm. is currently facing allegations involving sexual harassment, discrimination, pay disparity, all types of terrible, horrible things over there. So please do not forget that. Uh, they, they got this leaked and they're dealing with even more pressing important things over there that is more important than their uh, anti-cheat system being leaked. So Yes. Uh, you can head over to, to YouTube and watch a new trailer for Battlefield 2042's Hard Zone mode, which is... Hazard Zone, whoa. Hazard Zone. I thought it was... Uh, what did I say? You said hard. You said hard zone. Hard zone. <laughs> well, the difficulty is yet to be confirmed, but you can uh, you can go and watch a trailer for that. This this episode is already something else. It um, is. Yeah, you can go watch a trailer for Hazard Zone for Battlefield mm -hmm. 2042, which is there like a battle royale esque mode? It's not. It's it's not really a battle royale esque mode. No, like no. I've it's, seen people compare it to like. Um, Escape from Tarkov, which I have not played, but I've seen right. people compare it to that in a sense, and I'm just like, okay, okay, that's cool. I guess like you could say Battle Royale esque in the sense that you have to extract, maybe you know. But I mean, again, I don't know if 
Tarkov has like an extractor, like get out the zone type yeah. um aspect to it. But I've seen people compare more so to that than um, Battle Royales. What I think is very interesting though, and I saw some people say this, and I'm sorry that we kind of like talked about this a bit too much. No, no, go for it. But um, it's very interesting how the beta, like the beta was delayed, right? To October. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we are seeing this mode or hearing anything official about it. Like we all, up to this point, we only knew the name. But this is the first time we're seeing anything of it. And we barely saw a gameplay in the trailer. It was one of DICE's, you know, signature cinematic yeah. CG type trailers with some gameplay interspersed in it. And the game's supposed to be out in like a month. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, as, as I kind of said, or I don't know if I did say this when we talked about playing the beta, but um, maybe the game should be delayed. I, I would yeah, not be surprised maybe. if Battlefield 2042 gets a last minute delay. And take the time you need if you need a delay, guys. Mm-hmm. Do not rush a game out just to make money. Please don't do that. <laughs> yep. I, uh I, I'm hoping that uh, almost every developer on the planet has learned their lesson after Cyberpunk. Please. <laughs> um, switching to a game that has gotten overwhelmingly positive response to some previews that have happened recently, Forza Horizon 5. Forza, it's, sorry, correct yourself. Nope, Forza, Forza Horizon 5. There is no T in it, it's Forza. The, it is pronounced Forza, not Forza. <laughs> the developers have done this as well. It is Forza. They have said it is Forza. You go listen to any video. They say Forza, not Forza. I'll correct you every time you say it. <laughs> Early Forza Horizon 5 previews. Forza Horizon 5 previews. <laughs> uh, are overwhelmingly positive. Everyone has nothing but praise from what I've seen about the game, which is meant to be out in about half a month, two weeks' time. Something like that, maybe three weeks or so. It's coming yeah. out soon. Yeah, uh, November 5th, for those of you who have pre-ordered the like car pass thing that they have, which I am going to do before it launches. So you will get access to it November 5th. The official launch date is November 9th. Hmm. Uh, a new report on Avowed from Windows Central describes the game as undoubtedly Obsidian's take on the Elder Scrolls, which I thought was interesting since everyone's... Well, since everyone was like, oh, it's Elder Scrolls, it's Elder Scrolls, and then Phil Spencer in the interview was like, it's kind of not Elder Scrolls, but then here we are, back saying it's Elder Scrolls. Uh, yeah, I read the report. I kind of don't remember much about it, but I I think what I read was like, okay, that's cool. I'll, I'll get excited when I see it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's kind of, it was kind of hard to put, like, imagine the concepts without actually seeing it, kind of, sort of. Yeah. But uh, especially since they're saying like it's their take on Elder Scrolls, it's like I need to see this to actually be excited about it. With that being the case, yeah. I'm saying it won't be good. I'm just like, I'll I'll wait to get excited on that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, a few a last few here that I'm just gonna rattle off real quick. Epic Games has finally acknowledged it. Has finally acknowledged Among Us inspiration for Fortnite's imposter mode, which is good. Uh, Epic Games is considering making a Fortnite movie, which is bad. <laughs> of that opinion and uh disney has teased a new star wars video game announcement for december what it will be who knows mm-hmm. i've seen some people wonder hey is this going to be announcing the next star wars jedi game is it going to be something else entirely who knows um i'm very curious myself but i will most definitely forget about this within like a week and then remember, yeah. like, the week of or, like, the month of. Like, oh, yeah, that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I want it to be one of those, like, 
simulation games, but you're playing as one of those like uh, like maintenance droids for the Death Star, the like square the like square. Though the, the I know I don't I they're not called the gonk droids. Those are like the bigger square yeah. ones that walk around. But I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I want one of those. <laughs> uh, anyway, that is going to conclude our brief mentions for this. Moving on to our first main news story, which is that FIFA apparently wants $1 billion from EA every four years to use the FIFA name for their football games. Mm. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't read like a super amount into this, mm-hmm. but it's... I don't know if it's like too much money to be... like Because I mean, FIFA sells well, so I mean, I imagine it makes a lot of money for EA. And if like... And because FIFA is like the main football kind of brand for the world, then like maybe it's not. But um, I'm reading from a Metro article written by Game Central. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason he is sorry, saying, quote, the reason EA is planning to change the name of the FIFA game has been revealed. FIFA wants to charge them twice as much to use their name. Considering FIFA 2022 has proven an even faster seller than last year's game, it was a bit of a shock to hear that EA is thinking of changing the name in the future. They've already registered the name EA Sports FC, but so far they've not revealed why they would want to do such a thing. Although it was always pretty obvious that, it, that either they or FIFA were asking for more money. Uh, it turns out the former, with a report in the New York Times revealing that FIFA want more than double the amount of money EA usually pay to use their name and licenses, while also limiting how much they can use it outside of video games, end quote. That's, uh, I mean, it is just a name for one, but at the same time, it's like FIFA, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean, there it's... It's not that it's just a name. It's the fact that it's the name of a global sports organization yeah. like NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, WNBA, like FIFA. You know, that, I mean, I'm not well versed in soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to offend anybody out there. Have people look at me like you disgusting American. Um, <laughs> but whatever you like, whatever you want to call it, like it is. I might be wrong here, but if it is not the biggest, most popular sport worldwide, it is like the second biggest. It's one of the two. I know that for a fact. It's um, that's what I thought. So like, with that being the case, it makes sense that, that they're like, yeah, like you want to use our name. Yeah. We, you like, we, it's going to cost a pretty penny to get a, you know, to be able to use our name for your game. And then, you know, reading more in the article here, they say here, FIFA wants more than $1 billion for the right to use its name for four years covering a single cycle, uh, a single World Cup cycle, my mistake, which is more than twice what EA currently pays them. Not only that, but FIFA wants to limit the license solely to traditional video games, whereas EA wants it to include game highlights, video game tournaments, and NFTs. And then they go on to say that FIFA also wants to use their name for their name and licenses for other things that aren't just like sports games. Um so like there's multiple other reasons why fifa is like hey like you want to keep using our name you need to give us more money in order to keep using our name especially when as we said before fifa the sports games from ea they make bank like Mm -hmm. they sell a lot and then aside from just selling a lot they are 
like one of EA's biggest money makers in terms of like microtransactions because of yep. I think FIFA Ultimate Team is just like just a giant money maker for EA mm-hmm. and like Ultimate Team has made its way into EA's other sports titles and stuff if I'm correct so it it just makes sense that they're like yeah you're making a bunch of money off our name we want more money for our name because we also want to do more things with our name and we can charge we can we can sit here and say give us more money we can sit here and say that because we have the clout and the power to do that and if you don't want to you don't want to give us more money that's fine just don't use our name and it looks like ea is saying you know we probably don't want we don't want to do that actually we don't want to do that we will risk not having the fifa name attached to our sports to our like to our sports game if that means that we don't have to pay you more than one billion dollars yeah um sorry i'm reading uh i'm I'm not gonna read anything much from this article but this is kind of tied to it that uh reading from a eurogame article written by matt wales that uh the one of the reasons that this is happening is because fifa has said uh quote that uh, football, gaming, and esports must involve more than one party controlling and, ex- and exploiting all rights. End quote. Which like makes sense, you know. Like EA uh-huh. has, I mean, not, I, I wouldn't even say just on. Actually, no, I would because it's two K that makes uh, all the other sports games. But EA definitely has a monopoly when it comes to football games. Because if you look at like, uh, what's the other one? Is it Football Manager? There's the P- other, like, there was one? PES. Konami yeah. had theirs. PES, but they just. They literally just changed the name of it from right from PES to eFootball or something like that. They just changed yeah. the name of it. But that was the other, that was the other like big football game. But even that one wasn't like, I mean, as far as I know, wasn't as popular or uh well liked as the FIFA games in terms of I guess like quality or what have you. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. even like the most recent one, there's all these articles online about how the most recent one is just like a dumpster fire in terms of yeah. like performance and glitches and bugs and everything like that. Yeah. So, I mean, EA for a long time has had what I would say is a monopoly on football games because their FIFA games are the ones that, or is the one that everyone buys like every single year. That's what, like, uh-huh. is it? When you talk about games that are like sell extremely well every single year, I mean, probably the first one that come into my head is Call of Duty, but the second one would be FIFA. So it's Call of Duty, FIFA, Madden, um, NBA. Yeah. Those four are always the big, some of the biggest sellers in any gaming year. When they yeah. come out that month, they are the biggest seller. Yeah, exactly. So it's it, it's fair that FIFA now want to charge you more money to use their name. Uh, Charging them over double, I, I think, would have to be. It would have to be a decision that I, I don't think they would have come to that decision like lightly and just like thrown out that number. It would have been like, okay, we're gonna sit down and look at how much FIFA sells each year, how much money EA has, I suppose, and how much like profit this generates, and then they'll come up with that number after off of that. But kind of, this didn't. This isn't so much like why I wanted to talk about it as more as like this first question I came up with here, which I think is a more interesting one, yeah. which is, is there a risk when developers want to license another IP from a third party? Meaning like, you know, FIFA, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, 
yeah and then kind of tacked onto that is would we prefer more original ip over games in established franchises such as the ones i just mentioned so i'll what are your thoughts on that first part before we go any further well i mean the answer is undoubtedly yes i don't think anyone would argue that you know that developer that there's not a risk when developers like are licensing another ip from someone because then you just have to deal with you have to depending on the ip is and the ip holder you have to work within their rules and regulations of what you can and cannot do with their IP. And, you know, you, during the development process, you have to, you're kind of like in constant discussions back and forth with them. Of, yeah. I want to do this. Can we do this? Can this character look like this? Can this character do this? Can this character say this? So on and so forth, you know, and like trying to sell them on your vision for the game. I mean, with sports titles, it's a different story than with, you know, yeah any other game like with sports sports titles again i'm not a sports guy i don't know all the ins and outs but i know with sports titles like the main thing is player names player likenesses appearances uh official names for the teams and stuff like that and like jerk like those type of things is what you got to work with for the license holder for that yeah whereas other things like you like you said with star wars indiana jones harry potter marvel dc whatever it's like all right, I want to use this character. Can I use this character? Can I, this is a story we want to tell. Are you cool with this being the story that, we, that we're going to tell with the characters? We're gonna, we want to do this with the characters. Can I have Batman's design look like this? Can Superman's design look like this? Can yeah. Spider-Man look like this? I want to tell a Star Wars story that is, you know, that is, I want to tell this Star Wars story in this time and like this time period. Can I do that? No, because we're doing these things in that time period right now. So you can't do that. Oh, okay. Well, can we do it in this time period and evolve these characters? Well, you can't evolve these characters because these characters are doing other things over there. So you can't do that. It, it's a, there are more hoops you have to jump through when you're licensing another IP from a third party. Um, and then there's also the fact of, uh, you know, the money involved. Like, all right, we want to use this IP for a game and you might have like people they might say all right you can only use it's going to cost you this much to be able to use this ip or this character in your game you know that's why again i'm going to bring it back to smash smash is like it's kind of a miracle you have as many characters as you do in that game yeah. specifically the third party ones because it's like all right you have to pay you have to pay to use the character in your game and then you have to work with the developers of the original game to, you know, say, all right, we have them looking like this. Are you, is this, do you, are you cool with this look for them? Cool. Doing these moves. I want to use this. Um, I want to use these songs. I want to have this in the background for the stage and everything like that. It's so many licensing things you have to go through. That's why when cloud was first added in the Wii U game, um, people were kind of disappointed because uh, if I'm right, it kind of came out that Square Enix was a bit difficult to work with and they didn't give them a whole lot of song tracks for Final Fantasy VII when Cloud got added. So when Sephiroth got announced, it was like, all right, here's more songs, which was fantastic. And then bringing it back again to Sora, this is exactly why, as I said last week, it's why people didn't think Sora would happen, but just because the licensing nightmare that is Kingdom Hearts and Disney, it's just uh, so many hoops to go through. Don't want Square Enix in that as well. It's like, there's it's disney and square enix there's two one one kind of big hoop to jump through disney being the mega hoop to jump through is like getting him involved in the game and everything it's it's crazy and especially if there's dlc then it's like okay um 
this is a DLC thing, then I'm pretty sure the, the talks become how much money are we paying to be able to sell this DLC, you know, nonstop. Like, yeah. you, is it like, oh, we can, you can have them, but you can only sell this for so X amount of time, or no, we want to be able to sell it indefinitely as long as this game is available, yeah. you know? So that has to be part of the deal. And like we kind of said last week, if we did a Smash Ultimate port on the next Switch, whatever it is, or like, yeah, if we get a port, let me say that, if we get a port, that's like the complete edition with all the DLC included, is Sora part of that deal or any of these DLC characters part of that deal? Yeah. You know, were they were the deals to get them in this game? Did that include if we port Ultimate to another platform, all the characters could still be included in, you know, can be brought over, even DLC characters. Like it's it's things like that. Cause you you again, you're just working with another person's idea, another person's property. You got to play by their rules and work with them. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other things I kind of want to tack on to that because you covered. 90 percent of what i what i was going to say as well my apologies but, i'm so sorry no 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 no. you're totally fine like yeah you're fine <laughs> like a couple of things i want to tack on to though. there's also the thing of like do you remember i think we've talked about this before for the original xbox there there was a shrek game that was like a movie tie-in because that's around about the time the original shrek came out i don't remember the game but i'm sure it existed because i mean movie tie-ins yeah. were a thing back then yeah so then you have the thing, or like prime example, the new James Bond movie. If they had had a game, like kind of set to release alongside that movie, mm-hmm. and that that movie got delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. So it's like, you know, they had originally only planned to make the game up until this date when the movie came out, and then some like you know support for afterwards would be with maybe a smaller team, and then because that movie got delayed and delayed and delayed, they had they then would have had to work on that game for far long like fully work on that game for far longer than they had originally intended uh-huh. and then like one point that i can think of in, the, in this a second just as an example uh take jedi fallen order right if respawn wanted to make a second game and then disney were like okay we'll charge you this much money for the first game and they're like okay we'll pay that so they make the first game and then they want to make a second game because it sold so well and then disney might turn around and say hey that sold really well how about we hike up the price we're going to charge you to use the Star Wars name and everything on the second game? And then Respawn are like, don't know if we can justify paying that for for the second game. But like as another kind of risk involved. Well, to- I, I will say in that case, I don't know if it would come down to Respawn paying it. I'm pretty, that would be an EA thing since yeah. EA owns Respawn. Yeah. But I also don't think, I, I would like to think that Disney would not charge more for the license no. for Star Wars with Respawn because they saw how well it did and they saw how well received it was and they would want another one and hiking up the price in a way that could possibly deter EA from being like, yeah, we want to do another one could step on their toes entirely be like, well, shot ourselves in the foot on that one. Can't get can't get yeah. another sequel there. But I'm not saying, not saying that, that, that the conversation wouldn't be brought up of like, yeah, we want to like raise the price a bit more or anything like yeah. that yeah I, I was i was more so just using that as a hypothetical example as to like i mean you could even talk about it with like you know sora and smash if you know square it or like if they make a, a port to another game and sora wasn't included in that deal and then there there's a number of different discussions on that but um moving on to kind of the second part i, I think you know I think we would maybe both agree yes 
Um, I mean, I I could go back and forth on it to be honest. Yeah, because I mean it. It's not like we have a whole lot of games in established franchises. Let me let me rephrase that. Let me let me say that a different way. It's not like we have a lot of games in a broad number of franchises. Yeah, we have games in today. We have games in the Star Wars franchise. We're getting a game in the Avatar one. We're getting a game in Indiana Jones, but Indiana Jones has not had a game in at least a decade. Avatar mm. has not had a game in at least a decade. Um, we're getting a Harry Potter game, but we haven't had one in a decade, if I'm correct. Because um, I'm pretty sure all the ones we had were like the movie ones. So haven't had one in about a decade. Um, we're getting, we're in the superhero boom. So we're getting, you know, a bunch of Marvel games right now, but we weren't getting a, well, I guess arguably maybe we were getting a fair amount of Marvel games prior to 2018's Spider-Man. Maybe. Uh, it's hard for me to remember but before that yeah. it was really just batman we, we had the batman yeah. boom for quite a bit of time before that it was more so just movie superhero movie tie-in games in terms of superhero games yeah. um you know we there was dc universe online there was let me see we've had the uh, ultimate alliance that's what i was about to say ultimate alliance we had those games but even then like the second one for that came out in the I think it was like the beginning of the 360 PS3 generation. So after that, you know, again, after that, the only Marvel games that we really had were the superhero, the movie tie-in ones. And those were only up until what? Captain America? After that, there were no yeah. movie tie-in ones. You know, that was the there was the Avengers game that was in development, but that one got canceled. So that never happened or materialized. Yeah. So and I'm like I'm trying to think of other properties. Like I I think the the IP, like the an established franchise that actually has the most type of games come out, is the anime. Is like the anime genre. Yep. You have all types of anime games come out, and this kind of goes. In, I'm not going to talk too much on this because I have an idea for a video I want to do about this. Mm-hmm. But there are all types of anime games that get put out mm-hmm. for you know for all the different series. But you know, outside of that it's you know there's what you get an alien game maybe once every couple years maybe it's good maybe it's not <laughs> uh you get a terminator game not good <laughs> here you go <laughs> we don't talk about this yeah like it, it's not that i i think it's more so that the games that we get from established franchises it tends to be the same franchises and it has been the same yeah. franchises for quite a while now it hasn't been like a broad range of franchises that have been like making big waves and we're seeing more start to come in. I mean, I forgot star Wars, you know, recent years, it was the old Republic, the MMO, and then the battlefront games, which mixed reception there and then fall in order. Yeah. And then of course there's all, of course there's always mobile stuff going on. That's a different story entirely. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's more so that there's just, many games from the same franchises and not a broadening of like the horizons or like a broad suite of franchises that are getting games made if you follow yeah no and i i I think that's kind of changed the answer i was going to give because i i think i was thinking a lot of like this stuff like battlefront games and star wars games and india like i was thinking of all the like games that we have gotten as just like 
you know, non-original IP kind of. Mm-hmm. And you made a very good point that like it's it's not so much that we're getting all of these games from all of these existing thing all of these existing things. We're getting these games from like these like I guess you could say narrow spectrum of franchises. Places. Yeah. And, and it's all happened in like a short amount of time. Really. Yeah. Like in the grand scheme of things. I think you I think we could say that Arkham Asylum kicked off the kicked off the the start of high quality um i like like licensed games i think we could say that and i don't think many people would argue that like yeah there were some good ones before that but again we it was really a whole lot of like movie tie-in stuff here's a shrek game here's the puss in boots (laughs) game here's the cars game so you get what i mean but then arkham asylum after that that kind of kicked off like whoa we're gonna have a, like you actually have a quality licensed ip game uh yeah. so we had that then you know disney affinity was a thing granted that was also made by disney it's not like it was mm-hmm. licensed out to someone else but disney worked on that with i think one of the internal developer studios i think i don't remember exactly um but you had that and i'm, I'm really blanking like we have had a a there have been many licensed games over the years, again, over the past decade. And I think the quality of them has just stepped up in the past decade or so. And yeah, like we were saying, it's just this past decade is when we've been seeing yeah. more good ones, but from a more narrow suite, from a more narrow um, place. Do you, want the, uh, do you want the official list of developers for Disney Infinity? Because this is actually an interesting list. I know Ninja Theory worked on it. Avalanche is one of the avalanches, but it's not the avalanche that did just cause. It's the avalanche that Disney owned. That one worked on it as well. Um, I am blanking on the others, but I know Ninja Theory came in with the Star Wars stuff because they were working on the combat for it. Yes. uh, Avalanche Software, Heavy Iron Studios, Sumo Digital, Ninja Theory, uh, United Front Games, Ultron, and Studio Gobo. Word is the like list that Google is giving me for Sumo Digital is the only other one from that list that I actually know of. And for those who don't know, they did uh, Crackdown Three. I think they did Little Big Planet, uh, not Little Big Planet. Um, Sackboy Big Adventure. I think I might be wrong on that one though. Um, they've done Uh, some high profile games. Uh, yeah, they've also worked on uh, Hood Outlaws and Legends. Which ah, is the yeah. like the popular thing that came out, I think, fairly recently. I don't know if I'd say popular um, is the correct word on that, but sure. <laughs> I don't really talk. I know you even talked about. I just didn't realize. I just don't know if it's popular or not. Uh, I'm sure they're working on something just now that I've, I had an interest in, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Mm. Um, there was one more risk that I thought of while you were talking that I want to bring up. Specifically about the Harry Potter game, and you'll know what I'm going to talk about. Oh boy! Uh, the I think another risk to a developer who is linked is who is licensing third party. Take the Harry Potter game that's coming out next year. Theoretically, plan to. Um, J.K. Rowling came out with a bunch of like transphobic views, uh-huh. saying that she. Um, I can't. I'm. I feel terrible, but I can't remember what the exact thing she was. We don't- yeah, no, yeah, yeah like, we don't need to get to specifics. Just like she, yeah. she said some, she has said some things in recent years. 
yeah that has which, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way yeah which uh, i imagine in some way is probably going to negatively impact the sales of hogwarts legacy because i certainly i still see comments on face because i can't remember who posted it but there was a there was like a picture i saw of like upcoming games in the next like year year and a half on i think it was logitech actually who posted it on facebook they had like they had like a picture of like some upcoming games and then like the comment section was just like oh why does anyone care about hogwarts legacy after that blank jk rowling had anything to do with it so i it's another risk when you work with somebody who made the original ip or the original franchise yeah like when you're working with something that like the the original creator is like has no involvement in aside from like yeah. it existing in their universe but it's just like hey we kind of don't like that person so we don't like the game that yeah. that gets into a whole nother discussion and all oh, um yeah. i'm sure that game is still going to sell very well though because oh, i yeah, i imagine the the vast majority of people who see that game they're gonna be like oh cool harry potter game i want to play that yeah. They're not going to know anything about what's going like about the behind the scenes on J.K. Rowling, and they're probably not going to care. They'll yeah. be like, oh, it's Harry Potter. I want to play in the Harry Potter world, so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm adjusting my position to be more comfortable. You're fine. Don't need to, don't need to apologize <laughs> to me. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's all the stuff that we're going to talk about with the Fever stuff, unless you have any final thoughts. Well, I mean, I don't even know if I really answered the question because I had the question about what we prefer more original because that's what I went off. I was like, well, I don't know if there's like oh, more. Yeah. I mean, I, at the end of the day, like original ideas are always great and everything. Yeah. Um, I And I do, I just also enjoy getting games in like established franchises that I like and everything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as there's, I just think that as long as we're still getting cool original IP, uh, you know, coming out and stuff, which is always going to happen. Like that's there's never going to be uh, an end to like original IP as opposed to licensed games. If anything, there's way more of it than licensed games, and there always will be more of it than licensed games. Again, licensed games, as we already said, a mon- lot of money involved in that. A lot of mm-hmm. hoops you got to walk through and stuff, and working with people and everything like that is more involved than just making your own idea. And the only person you got to answer to is yourself and their parent company. <laughs> Of yeah. the parent company that owns you that's it um so yeah i you know i don't know if i'd say i prefer original more original ip over licensed games but um i i like them both and i we're, we're gonna keep you in like a steady influx of both so we're good yeah yeah i actually don't know if i answered this question either uh since we started talking about it but um I think I would say, yeah, just as somebody who who enjoys original IP more than like sequels or, well, I don't say more than sequels, but more than like any other type of game, yes, I would like to see more original IP rather than just either relying on established franchises or established IP. Yeah. Uh, that's just me. Moving swiftly on to the Animal Crossing, uh, to, to some Nintendo news, we have the Animal Crossing Direct re- recap, which happened a couple of days ago, I think. That happened yesterday. Yesterday. Time yep. flies. End of the week, Friday. And this was a very welcome surprise. The, the direct itself was a surprise. We knew it was happening. The contents of the direct past Brewster was a very welcome surprise. Yes. So uh, all the information that I'm going to uh, give you is taken from a CNET article written by Kevin Knezvik. Knez- I think I'll, well, I hope I said that right. <laughs> uh, 
Nope, stay in the orientation you were in. Uh, New Horizons 2.0, the final free update, will release on November 5th and will add Brewster and his cafe, The Roost, to the second floor of the museum. Uh-huh. Harv's, uh, alongside that, Harv's Island will be expanded into a plaza, which you can donate bells to to help build. Yep, there's going to be, we're just going to add a little bit on to that yeah. if you don't have it here. Um, Harv's Plaza uh, is basically going to be like a place where shopkeepers that will come to your island like on a daily basis they'll be able to like set up shop there so the person that sells the carpets and the rugs and stuff she'll have a spot there uh kicks the little skunk or raccoon the skunk i think pretty sure what he is who sells you like shoes and stuff and hats he'll have a little space there um then there'll be other new people there so harriet she'll be there in his plaza and you can make a little space for her and she'll give you new hairstyles tortimer will be there you can make a space for him. He's a little turtle or tortoise, one of the two. Uh, he like helps you with storage options and stuff. Like it's it's a cool little space that there's that's actually being made. So that Harv's Island is more than just like a place to be taking photos, like doing photo shoots and stuff. Like I was like, oh, that's that's actually really neat. That is really cool. Yeah. And I want just want to speak on Bruce's Cafe real quick. It's nice that like you go to the cafe. It's not just like oh, you go there and like sit down and drink your coffee. Like. People from your island will walk on into the cafe, like not just like your islanders, but like even some of like the people that have their stores, so, like the Mabel sisters, they'll just roll up in the cafe and be like, hey, yo, we just want to come in and drink some coffee. <laughs> and like you can go there with like other um, visitors to your island, like you and your friends can go to the cafe It's like drink some coffee. And it's just like, yo, these are some nice vibes in here. It's it's really neat. It's cool. Yeah, I I don't currently own Animal Crossing, but uh, I, I plan to pick it up again at some point. Yeah. Real, also, real quick, sorry. No, uh, no, go for it. Just more about the free update, because they they added a whole lot more, because it's the 2.0 update, it's a free update, and then there's like a whole other paid DLC as well that's being added to the game. But aside from just like Harv's Island for this free update, uh, it, they're also going to add crops so you can cook in the game now you can oh, okay. actually like cook food um there's going to be island ordinances that you can tweak so that like if you want everyone to be up earlier in the day if you play earlier in the day right when not many mm-hmm. people are normally out you can make so that people are up earlier in the morning when you play or you can have so that people are out later at night or so on and so forth that it, it's really cool like a little neat little setting you can do just to adjust things to fit your play style because as you know like in animal crossing it's all time based. So, yeah. Like if you play at nighttime, generally stores are closed at nighttime and people might not, there might not be as many people out and stuff. But with these new ordinances, you could change it so that if you're a person who typically plays at night, hey, let's do the night owl ordinance. That way people are out at nighttime while when I normally would play. It's a cool little thing. Um, KK Slider's getting some new songs. That's awesome. Cap'n, uh, he's a little frog like guy. He's going to be coming to the island. And you go to him and he'll take you to new mysterious islands that only he knows. So mm. kind of like how you took the plane in the game before to yeah. go to Mysterious Island. Kind of like that, except this one with Captain, he could take you to places that are in a different time zone, different season. And the places that he takes you, like I said, only he knows them. So like there'll there could be like some new, like rare fruits and stuff mm. on these islands that he takes you to that's not in um that's not like in places places that you could find with like just the plane for example um i think there were a couple other things oh yeah the phone is getting a new 
um, new update as well, the camera in the phone. So now you can actually like, instead of just like pulling out your phone and like doing the zoom in, zoom out thing, you can now like go first person with it and walk around and like have a nice first person view, um, view up on people to take pictures. And then you can like do a tripod style. So you can walk up to someone, put the tripod down and then like walk into the frame and be like up close with them. Like it's actually really neat what you could do with the phone, um, with the camera. And now Islanders can also come into your house and then you can, they can also invite you over to their house to hang out, which is something that hasn't been happening in the game. Like before, up until now, you, you can walk into anyone's house at any point in time, but like, you know, that was it. But like, yeah. no one ever came to your house no one invited you over to their house or anything so that's neat there's going to be new exteriors for your home so you could change the outside of your house the way it looks they're going to be giving you new fence options that you can also customize for some of them uh, like i already mentioned the cooking is going to be there there's going to be new things that you could redeem your nook miles with so there's going to be new furniture and new like outdoor items that you can get and everything you're going to be able to increase your storage up to 500, no, not 500, 5,000 up from the oh. 2,400 currently at, I think. Uh, they're going to have an outside um, ABD terminal. So like currently the only way to pull out money is to go to the resident services building and like use, like, use the ABD mm, yeah. that's there. Now there's going to be one that you can place outside anywhere. So you can just like get money wherever you, wherever you are on the island. Same for storage boxes. You could put outdoor storage sheds on the island so you don't have to go back to your home to do your storage stuff. You can also, um, what is it? There was one other thing. Oh yeah, um, ladders. They're adding like ladder things now that like you can place down on your island and it's a permanent ladder at a place. Mm. So you don't have to constantly pull out your ladder to go up things. You can just like, yeah. I want to place the ladder here. That way I could, you know, it's it like, you know, a nice little, um, quality of life thing. KK Slides getting new songs. Gyroids are coming back to the game. New gestures and hairstyles are coming. You can customize the ceiling in your home <laughs> with the lights and other things. It's cool. It's very, very cool. And that, here's the crazy thing. That's just the free update. Yeah. That is just the free update. <laughs> and they covered everything in the free update and like the whole presentation was 20 minutes. They covered everything in the free update in like 15 minutes. And I was like, that is a lot. But there's five minutes left. What do you got for me in these final <laughs> five minutes? And then they talked about this next thing that you're going to mention here. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Happy Home Paradise uh, paid DLC is launching alongside the, uh, the 2.0 expansion coming on November 5th. Uh, this expansion allows you to build dream holiday homes for characters based on their requests uh, and will apparently be up to, uh, be similar to the 3DS game Happy Home Designer. Yeah. Uh, I never played that. I have no idea what that looks like. Is like is it similar to you remember there's an Animal Crossing like mobile game you can play? There is. I have not played either one, but I'm pretty sure that the mobile game is nothing like the Happy Home Designer game. Okay. Um so here's so here's the thing. Again, I've never played Animal Crossing before this one, right? And I, I loved this one, but um, after a bit, I kind of fell off on it, kind of didn't really play it anymore. I haven't played it since January. This is my birthday, to be honest. Um, but the free update, everything in the free update, I was like, okay, this is cool. This is exciting stuff. Might get me to jump back in for a bit. But the Happy Home Paradise, it's $25, $25 um, expansion, DLC. Um, the Happy Home Paradise 
is what will get people to stick around for way longer. Because what it is, is you fly from your island to this archipelago, right? And basically you're making summer homes, summer resort homes in a sense for, well, not summer resort homes, basically vacation homes. You're making vacation homes for anyone that comes to the archipelago. And you like people come to the, come, people come there, you talk with them, you see what their dreams are, what their dream home is that they're thinking of, and you help make it a reality. So you find, okay. you pick a, you pick an island in the archipelago for, to place their home, right? You're like, all right, so your, island, your home's going to be on this one. And then you go there and you could literally like on their little plot of land, you can move where their house goes on the plot of land. You can place all types of stuff on the outside and everything, but it gets better than that. It gets better because he, you can literally model the inside of their house. You literally design the mm. inside of their house. So the furniture that's inside their house, yeah. the wallpaper that's inside their house, the size of their house, the sounds that are playing in their house, you designed all of that. And it's so cool. It is awesome. And, you know, again, you're trying to fulfill the requests of the people that are living there that are coming to make the vacation homes and stuff. What makes this better, though, here, mm -hmm. like that's cool on its own. Where it gets even better is the fact that everything that you do here, like it, it adds new furniture and stuff and so on and so forth. It's not yeah. just like working with the existing furniture. Doing this as you work with more people, you unlock new furniture and new techniques and so on and so forth. Everything that you get from this can also be done and used on your island, in your nice. home, and in your villagers' homes. So you can remodel your own villagers' homes. And that's where it gets really cool. Because mm. like some of the things they show, like you can be able to, you can literally put partitions in your homes now. So you can like have like okay. a partition. And if you if you want to have like your kitchen and your living room in the same space, but partition them off in a sense, like an actual apartment or something, you can do that. And if on the, um, in the, on the archipelago and the vacation homes, you can have two people live in the same home and just section off, like partition off their, like both their bedrooms and stuff. Yeah. It's like when you throw, when you throw all the features, happy home paradise is adding into all the new things that are being added with the 2.0 update and how you can now do all of this, not just there, but also with your own home and your own villagers. Like it opens up the possibilities. The possibilities really just get blown out of proportions yeah. in terms of, all right, I want to redesign my Island. Now I want to redesign this person's home. I want to redesign, redesign my home like this and so on and so forth. And I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm gonna get this for sure, and this is gonna bring me back into the game. I know this, I'm sure it's gonna bring a lot of people back into the game, mm. and it's it's significantly gonna like extend the life of this game and the replayability of it for for a lot of people and for quite some time. Like I'm so confident of that. Is it gonna be one of those things where like, uh, it's like you're just indefinitely like satisfied. Of course not. After a bit of time, I'm sure people are gonna be like, "All right, you know, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've had my fun with it. I'm done." But I'm, I'm sure it's gonna like, for the people who take their time with Animal Crossing, it will provide like a couple, like months of entertainment and enjoyment yeah. and fun. For those who like to literally 
burn through Animal Crossing and like <laughs> dedicate hundreds of hours in like a month's time. Maybe not for them. Maybe they'll burn out in like two months or so. But for anyone else who like takes their time, yeah. this is this is just gonna be like this is beautiful. This is so beautiful. What it's adding here. Yeah. Um. Because like out of all of the games that are like designed to keep people to keep people playing for as long as they possibly can, Animal Crossing is is definitely one of like the best ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm planning on getting my sister a Switch Lite for Christmas, so uh, nice. with with Animal Crossing, so I might pick us update up for her as well. Nice. Um, when when I get that, but because <laughs> I was gonna get right a regular Switch, she's like, no, I want the yellow one. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well wait you don't want to want, well i guess if she wants to if she wants the light get the light but what about the oled uh i love her but not that no i'm kidding <laughs> super kidding want to make that clear um no she um she doesn't have like a tv in her room and uh, my switch my switch dock is on the tv in the, in the living room anyway uh-huh. um so i i don't think she would get the benefit of the of the oled um the benefit of the oled is the oled screen well, yeah, but like, <laughs> what do you mean? You want to get the benefit of it? The, the benefit is the screen. The 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 light, though. Um. Uh, no, no, no. Like her her favorite color is yellow. She has looked at all of them and is like, I yeah. want the yellow one. No, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, if that's what she wants, that's what she wants. I would just yeah. like, oh wait, like, there's also the yellow with the bigger screen and the better, <laughs> yeah. the bigger and better screen. You know, yeah. as an option. Yeah. No, like, I don't know. Maybe. Well, we'll see whatever i mean i guess maybe i guess maybe just like slyly bring it up like oh yeah have you seen this new switch that they just came out with yeah you know just like bring it up like that yeah, that maybe. way it's like that way you're not like implying to her i'm getting it. it's like oh yeah have you seen this it's cool right and just like see her <laughs> thoughts and whatever her thoughts are on it then you move yeah. from there yeah, um maybe this but, this this took a turn into a conversation i didn't expect to have to be <laughs> with you uh, but I mean, I, w- I did want to jump off of what something you said. Yeah. That being, you know, how Animal Crossing, you know, it's a game that like for people to play for, you know, time and time on end, so on and so yeah. forth. Going off of that, this is where we start to kind of get into the negative with this Animal Crossing Nintendo news. That being that both the free update and Happy Home Paradise are the final things coming to the game. Yeah. These are the final major additions coming to the game. And that is a bummer. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. Because and during the presentation, they had they had initially said after they said the free update, they said the free this free update, the 2.0 will be the final free update coming to the game. And then we were like, okay. And then they announced the Happy Home Paradise. And they're like, cool. They said that they announced Happy Home Paradise, and they didn't say anything else. So it's like, okay, cool. So we're gonna be getting probably we'll be getting more paid DLC after this. You know, yeah. the Happy Home is just the first one. And after the presentations, when it came out, that no, 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 both of these are the final things coming to the game. And it's like hmm. after basically a year of silence, it's it's also after a year of silence we're getting such a substantial update with the yeah. free update and the paid DLC. That's awesome. It's fantastic. But with how big Animal Crossing: New Horizons has been, how oh, successful yeah. it has been, you would think that Nintendo would be like. Yeah, let's put out like a new pay DLC like once a year or something like that. That adds like, you know, yeah. a bunch of new stuff to do to the game. Let's do like three of them. So we do this one, then we'll do another one for next year, 2022, then one more in 2023. Like that'll be the final big pay DLC, right? 
you would think that'd be the plan to, you know, extend the life of this game a bit longer, help it sell more and stuff. But nah, just one major update, one major DLC. Go. Don't ask us for anything else ever <laughs> yeah. again. We don't say we didn't do anything for you guys. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just um, like I don't Nintendo makes such great games, but they make such weird decisions that I can never yep. understand sometimes. And this is just like the first decision in a direct that fought, that had like two very weird decisions in it. Um, one I could kind of understand. This one I just don't understand. And it's that is literally a bummer. Like it's genuinely a bummer that we're not getting any like more expansions, any new additions to the game after this. Cause like Animal New Crossing New Horizons, it's again, like I said, it's such a popular game. There's so much you can do with it. In terms yeah. of like this, the possibilities of where you can go are like really, I don't want to say endless, but there's a lot of places you can go with it. So like we have this, that's cool. But as someone said on Twitter as well, minor thing. How can you still not like make multiples of things at the same time? How could you still not do like build from your storage? That should be part of the update as well, but it's yeah. not. Um, but like, it'd, it'd be nice if there were if we got another like a major expansion or two after this. It would be really nice if we did just to extend the life of Animal Crossing because you know, like I said, a couple months after Happy Home Paradise comes out, the same conversation is going to start up again of Animal Crossing is dead. I want more Animal Crossing. Let's get us some more. And Nintendo's just yeah. like, you got what you got. Now be happy. <laughs> you, you got, got more. You got. What do you? You got what you got. You get yeah. nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, it does seem weird considering this game launched like a year. Well, by the time this DLC comes out, but a year and eight months ago. And considering the success of it, like you say, I find it very weird that they aren't going to capitalize on that as much as possible, considering how many people own Animal Crossing and how uh-huh. many people would like, regardless of what it is, like because Animal Crossing is such this like cultural phenomenon, because it's Animal Crossing, you could throw out literally, we're adding a field to the game for $20 and people will be like, I need it. Give me it right now. Give me that field. So uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm surprised they're not capitalizing on it more. Do you think they make another Animal Crossing a game and release it like a year later, two years later? What do you mean, like a year or two after New Horizons? Well, uh, like a year. I mean, or two after, after this, this DLC. DLC com- That's yeah. what I meant. No. No, no way, no way, mm-hmm. no chance. I mean, I don't know the like the development history of Animal Crossing games, but as far as I know, I believe there's only ever been one per platform, just like Mario Kart's. Yeah. <laughs> just like um, Smash Brothers, there's only ever been like one per platform. I don't think we're getting another one in two years. Because even if, let's say two years from now, right? I, I think the Switch, even if the Switch is still around, I don't think we're getting another one just because development time. I don't think they'd be able to turn a whole new game around that fast. But let's say the next switch comes out in two years. I don't think an animal crossing will be ready like at launch or like even a year from launch. Cause I mean, this one came out 2020, three years after the switch came out. So I imagine a new animal crossing brand new probably will not be happening until 2025 at the earliest. Yeah. I mean, this is what my limited knowledge of like the games, like development yeah, history yeah. and everything like that. But if I were to guess, 
probably not till 2025 at the earliest. So yeah. it'll be quite a while before we, you know, get new stuff for Animal Crossing, which is, again, it's sad. Like this game was kind of poised to be, I don't want to say like a live service type game, but it was definitely poised with how big it became to just like get more content over time, be yeah. like extend its life a few years, not just here's, here's stuff and then we're going to be quiet for a year. It's like a whole year of silence essentially and then here's stuff again now go away and leave us alone (laughs) like you know like something something anything that would just be so much better you know again and it was also i keep saying this this game is so big Mm -hmm. it just it's just so big and it boggles the mind why it's they're just not going to do more with it yeah yeah i mean it's a massive bummer i mean like as much as i'm not really that much of an animal crossing fan i wouldn't say more to no animal to more i wouldn't say no to more animal crossing stuff so Mm -hmm. very much a bummer that they are kind of cutting the life cycle of this game far shorter than i think either of us expected Mm -hmm. uh just kind of tacking on to the end of our animal crossing discussion uh series five amiibo cards go on sale on the same day uh, November 5th, Series 5 contains uh, 48 cards featuring characters previously not available, including a number of new villagers. Yep. And they will be sold in packs of six. Uh, moving on to kind of the second half of our Nintendo news, uh, they've provided details on the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. Uh, yep. this, the expansion pack will include all current Nintendo Switch Online benefits, plus access to a library of Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games. That and part had- we... That part we already knew. Yeah. This next part is the new bit, though. Uh, and uh, Animal Crossing Happy Home Paradise included in the service. Yes. That is, which, that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Which, which honestly, I think is going to... Because what the, the expansion by itself, you said, is $25? It is. Uh, well, he, I, let, let's explain the rest of what they announced with the expansion pack and then come back okay. to this because this is where people have had really mixed recept- mixed thoughts on this okay uh it will launch on october 25th it will cost 49.99 a year uh for well in dollars a year 30 dollars more than standard switch online and family plans will cost 79.99 for 12 months there yes so yeah i mean I don't. Do you see people have had mixed perception on Happy Home Paradise being included in it? Because I thought that would be a good thing. Not Happy Home Paradise being included in it, the price. Ah, uh, okay. Because it is now, Switch Online was originally $20 for a yeah. year. Now it's $50 for a year. What we're getting with Switch Online, the, well, no, let me clarify. Switch Online expansion pack is $50 a year. Regular yeah. Switch Online is still $20. Yeah. What we get with the expansion pack is the N64 games, the Sega Genesis games, and now Happy Home Paradise. One can imagine that Happy Home Paradise is part of why this is $30. Because Happy Home Paradise on its own is $25. Mm-hmm. You add $5 on, you get the $30 extra, which is the yeah. $50 for the year now. It, it, that's, you, you could guess that's a part of why. In addition oh, yeah. to, I guess whatever licensing cost had to do for the Genesis games and then the Nintendo tax for N64 games, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but people are torn on it being $50 for a year because that is really dependent on A, how much you like Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. or B, how much you care about these N64 and Genesis games. Yeah. If you don't care, if you care about one but not the other, the $50 could be seen as not worth it. Mm-hmm. If you care about neither, the $50 is super not worth it. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm torn on it myself too, because I'm like $50, when you do the math and like how it got there, you're like, I'm like, I guess it makes sense. But at the same time, I'm just like, one, that's way more than I thought. I'm pretty sure everyone mm-hmm. can agree. That's way more than they thought it would be. Yep. But two, I'm like, it's way more than I thought, but two also it's like, Switch Online on its own is so bare bones. Mm-hmm. It's so bare bones that like I could only justify it being $20 for a year because I'm just like $20 for a year. Like, yeah, the service itself sucks. But I mean, like it's, it's fine and serviceable, I guess. Yeah. So I can justify $20 for it. I don't do any of the switch online, like the SNES or NES games at all. I don't care about them. I just don't play them. In 64 games, maybe I care a bit more about. I don't care enough to pay $50 for them, though. I genuinely don't. Yeah. I don't care about the Genesis games. Now, that's not to say that I would ever be interested in playing them at some point. I just don't care about them right now. And then the Happy Home Paradise thing being included. Interesting note here. If you get the expansion pack, right? So if you get Switch Online expansion pack, because Happy Home is still gonna, will be sold on its own as well. Yeah. You get it as part of the expansion pack, but you can buy it individually. If you buy it individually, you have it. You have Happy Home Paradise. If you get the expansion pack and get Happy Home Paradise as part of it and don't buy it separately, you only have access to Happy Home Paradise as long as you have the expansion pack. If you don't have the expansion pack anymore, you can't go to the archipelago, but you can use anything you got from it. Okay. So that's where it's like, if you only care about Animal Crossing, then it's like, do you really want to pay $50 to get that? And then it like, you know, like you're paying $50 a year just for that. Yeah. As opposed to, I only care about Animal Crossing. I don't care about this other stuff. I'm just going to pay 25 for Animal Crossing on its own. You yeah, just I mean? yeah, so just to kind of tack onto that. Well, because for me, doing the math in my head, I'm like, okay, well, if the expansion for Animal Crossing is twenty for Happy Home Paradise is twenty five dollars. Yeah, Nintendo Switch Online is twenty dollars a year, so you're actually saving four dollars and forty nine cents if you just go with, if like you only care about Animal Crossing, if you go with a regular Switch Online and then buy Happy Home Paradise separately. Right. Yeah. So like, the, Which so is the exactly only exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna yeah. get it on its own because I don't want to pay. I don't care about the 64 Genesis stuff. Like, if this, I, I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, if this was like 35 dollars, I'd be like, that's not bad. I'd probably do it. And then it's like the other stuff is in the background. You're like, yeah, the other yeah. stuff's there if I'm wanting. I got it. Whatever, whatever. I don't care enough to pay to pay 50 bucks, 30 bucks extra for all of this, at all. Yeah, I just don't. It, it's not worth it, especially when you're not, when Nintendo's not making the service any better. They're not improving internet. They're not, you know, adding voice chat. They're not making any of the services yeah. actually 
better or improving on what Switch Online is. You're yeah. adding you're adding the N64 and Genesis games and putting this in there, and now it's 50 bucks. It's like if they did more to the actual online service, maybe it'd be worth it. But as it is, it's not worth it for me. But I've seen some people that are like, oh yeah, I'm a, I want to play the 64 games, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Then, and like, know, yeah. the Nintendo nostalgia yeah. is just yeah. eating them up. They're like, yeah, Nintendo makes stupid decisions, and I hate <laughs> this, but I'm gonna buy it anyway. Yeah, because I like Nintendo. It's just like well, you're, you're the person. You're the same, you're the very person that you complain about, and you know it. Yeah. There are like Nintendo have like a very like select group of their fan base who is like who are like Nintendo are selling water to an ocean where like uh-huh. no matter what they put out they will buy it so right. like not like again not to say that's a bad thing like if you enjoy the things that Nintendo put you find value in them uh-huh. then don't let anyone tell you that you know like I can't believe you bought that for $50 a year that's the ridiculous like, if you find value in it then why or why should you care what anyone else thinks is what I meant to say um as someone who doesn't subscribe to switch online anyway because I think it's not that great to put it politely um I'm definitely not interested in this uh-huh. um I genuinely thought this service would be no more than thirty dollars a year and I and, I... And, and, and like you say I think a big part of that a big part of this like very steep increase is happy home paradise uh-huh yeah, and now I, I have seen some people wonder. I ha- I've seen some people posit. Happy Home, I had a Happy Home Paradise here. This thing is called Expansion Pack. Mm-hmm. Do they plan to add f- more like expansion, game expansions to the expansion pack? Because if so, then that would increase the value of this $50 and actually make it worth it. Yeah. As it stands right now, Happy Home Paradise is the only one there. But if they plan to add more in the future, that could add value too. Or even if currently right now, if they said also as part of this, in addition to Happy Home, the DLC for Breath of the Wild will be here. The DLC, the Fighters Pass for Smash Ultimate, yeah, both one and okay. two will be in here. And let's say the DLC for, I don't know, Hyrule Warriors. I'm just on another game. Let's say, that's, yeah. let's say that they said the DLC for Hyrule Warriors was also going to be as part of this. And then deal like expansion packs for future for select future games would be part yeah. of this. Then that would actually make that fifty dollars a year worth it because oh, then yeah, you're getting 100%. all these DLCs bundled in. It's just like wow, that's actually good value. But right now it's like just the one, and it's the yeah. one for a game that, while very popular, is also still more niche than Breath of the Wild or Smash Brothers. You, you get what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, those yeah, games are like have way more wider appeal than Animal Crossing, which is more of a, you know, hey, slice of life type, take your time, live your yeah. life game and all like that. If those DLCs were in this, we wouldn't be having this conversation of is this $50 no. worth it at all? So we, we have, to, it remains to be seen if they can, if they add more expansions to this. If they really don't, and Animal Crossing is the only <laughs> one, yeah. which this is Nintendo, Nintendo would very well do that. They, oh, could, yeah. they would be like, oh yeah, Animal Crossing is the only one in it. You gonna add more expansion packs? No. But why? No. I no. No, 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 no. We're not yeah. doing it. Animal Crossing will be the one. It, it's just 
it's weird, but we do. We gotta wait and see. Maybe they will, and that would that would yeah. definitely make this better. And you know, it, it would kind of help the name as well, like kind of fit the name too. Mm-hmm. But it it's weird. It's weird. Like seeing, I, I don't mean to be like rag on Nintendo fans, but seeing the mental gymnastics that people do to justify the like the stuff Nintendo does is really <laughs> weird to me. Yeah. Like I saw someone. Uh, I, I'm not gonna say their names because I don't want like throw names out there. But I saw someone say like uh, the cost per month for I think the fifty dollars per year I think or the family plan like the cost per month is is less than um, is less that you pay for a cup of coffee at Starbucks. It's like, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. It means nothing to me. It means not yeah. a single thing to me at all in any way, shape, or form. I don't care yeah, about exactly. that. Like that is fine. Like sure it is, but the va- I I would I'm sure I would get more value from a cup of coffee at Starbucks than I would from this. And on top of that, the cup of coffee at Starbucks is once per month, not all at once, for a full year. Yeah. So yeah, like that. It, it like that's just an example of mental gymnastics. I'm just like, yeah, let's not justify this. This this it's a poor decision. Poor decision in my t- in my opinion. But again, if people want to do it, I'm not saying don't do it. Yeah, I just don't think it's a good idea. I just don't like this pricing, and I think they should have rethought this. Yeah, I I, I think that's a that's a nice bow to tie that conversation in. Nintendo gone Nintendo. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. N- Nintendo is gonna continue to beat to the rhythm of their own drum and nobody else's. <laughs> we have one final news story that we're gonna talk about this week, and that is that. The Ghost Recon Battle Royale game, Frontline, has been delayed uh, about a week after it was announced. Uh, I'm going to read their tweet that the um, the GR Frontline account tweeted. You can follow them at GR Frontline on Twitter. Uh, just saying, we have an important message regarding Ghost Recon Frontline's closed test. And they posted an image with the actual statement, which says... We have decided it is best to postpone the closed test for top for Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Frontline. The development team is dedicated to creating the best experience possible. We'll share details on the new data on the new date for the closed test as soon as we can. Thank you for your ongoing support. Uh, which this was mostly sparked by the overwhelming backlash to the game. People saying that they didn't want it. It looks too different than what they've done with uh, Tom Clancy games and Ghost Recon in the past. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that it didn't look that great. And it's and it's going to go the same way that like Hyperscape did, for those of you who don't remember. Hyperscape was Ubisoft's attempt at a Battle Royale game, which didn't go super well for them. And I is it still... I was like, about to ask you that very question. Is it still like going or whatnot? Because I know they talked about it during like last year's like Ubisoft forwards and stuff, yeah. but I don't think they've talked about it at all this year. I don't think I've heard a single thing about that game. Um, I think the last thing that they said about it was that like they were like retooling it or rethinking stuff with the game. Yeah. I think, but it's been a while since we heard anything about it. But um, you you still look at stuff up about it? Yeah, I'm trying to uh, find. It, it is still available. You can still play it. Oh yeah, um, I knew they hadn't like totally yeah, like shut it I down and stuff. Know. That would have been news. Yeah, well, I mean the the newest like decent news story I can find about it is from like two months ago. So Something. doesn't yeah doesn't doesn't seem like the hyperscape is doing very well. I did it. 
didn't kind of catch on the way that Ubisoft wanted it to. But um, this is this kind of sparked a question in my head of do we think? I, I actually think we've talked about this when we were still games and gaming. I seem to remember a maybe a discussion that was like in in a similar vein to this. In the do we think that the gaming community has too much say over developers and publishers, as in. You know, like they they have delayed their entire a game that is probably years into development. They have delayed their entire game because people didn't like it. Which, like, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll I'll hand over to you first because I want to hear your thoughts on it. But I I have some thoughts as well. Okay, well, on the Ghost Recon matter first, because here's here's my thoughts on Ghost Recon. This game got announced. I don't think they had a trailer for it. They probably did. I didn't watch didn't. the trailer. They I saw the headline. I didn't read the article for the headline until I was putting together the doc last week because I saw the headline. I was like, I don't care. I was like, I saw it said Ghost Recon Frontline Battle Royale. I don't care. This is not, I was like, I, this isn't what I want from that franchise. This is not what anyone wants from that franchise because what people want, like we had Ghost Recon Wildlands, which took the series in like an open world multiplayer type space mm-hmm. and everything. People liked it. We got more of that with Breakpoint, except Breakpoint was terrible, <laughs> apparently. So people were like, yeah, let's not do that again. Either go back to how Wildlands was, or let's scale it back to like how older Ghost Recon games were. You know, yeah. squad-based, tactical-type shooters and stuff with the campaigns and everything like that. And that's what people kind of wanted from Ghost Recon. People also want a Splinter Cell game from Ubisoft. People don't want all these free-to-play, live-service type things that Ubisoft is doing. A lot of people don't want that from a lot of games in the industry in general, but especially Ubisoft, who tend to, I don't want to say ride on trends or follow trends, but they go all in on stuff. Mm -hmm. They already said that they're trying to extend the life of their currently going games and stuff and kind of like have games that go on past release date. So, and I mean, we talked about this there in the past. We can easily see them just having a live service game for each of their major franchises. Mm-hmm. Is the Division's getting a free-to-play game. You had Hyperscape out there. Who's to say Far Cry won't have one? Assassin's Creed Affinity is a thing, not free-to-play, yeah. but the, taking the series in a new direction entirely, kind of live service and all. Ghost Recon, it makes sense that they'd be doing one for that too. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that it's a live service game that is also a Battle Royale game. It's just like two things that people are kind of tired of. We don't want, they don't want more of it. We don't need more yeah. of it at all. And again, coming from Ubisoft, a company where people have begged and pleaded on their knees for a new Splinter Cell or mm-hmm. something fresh and new from the company. And this is not that. Also, I forgot, coming after X Defiant, which got announced earlier this year, which is also from correct, a free to play like hero type shooter, which is kind of looks like the most. I don't want to say it looks like the most hipster try hard generic game mm-hmm. out there in terms of like Ubisoft riding on the coattails yep. of like the industry and trends and stuff like that. That's why people were all upset with this. It was like, we don't want this. We don't want this from you. We don't want this from Ghost Recon. This isn't what we wanted at all. I think they could have avoided this. They could have avoided this if they went the Apex route. I'm going to get back to the question in a moment. But remember Apex, when Apex was about to come out, I think it leaked beforehand that Respawn was making a a Battle Royale Titanfall game, right? Yeah. 
and people weren't fans of it, but it didn't get announced until EA announced it when they were like, yeah, this is the game we're doing, and we have all these influencers who have already played it. They've already played it, and they have all this footage to show you. And I think the game came out maybe not the same day or maybe like a day or two later. And they basically said, we're not going to announce it beforehand because people are going to get mad. We will announce it, show it, and drop it all within a matter of days. That way people can play it for themselves. Yeah. And look where Apex is now. That's my favorite battle royale. Exactly. They avoided what's happening to Ghost Recon because, again, people Mm -hmm. wanted Titanfall 3, and that was just not happening at all. Yeah. Ghost Recon did not do that. They made the mistake of announcing this, a game that people no one wanted, and no one's gonna know if they like it or if they would have liked it or not because this got delayed because people were upset with it, except with just the yeah. thought of it and all like that. I wonder how things would have gone if they went the Apex route and instead dropped it, announced it, had influencers talking about it and playing it when they announced it, yeah, and then had a had like a the game released like a day or two later. Had all that happened, I imagine the conversation would be slightly different. You follow? Yeah. Um, but now, in terms of the community having too much say over developers and publishers, that is a... <sighs> it's, it's, a, it's a complicated question. Yeah. Because... That's why I put it here. I've... <laughs> I have been... Okay, it goes, my thoughts on this go back to 2012. And Mm -hmm. 2012 is when I feel like this was possibly the, it was the start of when all this happened, of when the community started to have way too much say over what developers and publishers did with their games. And it started with Mass Effect 3. I did not play Mass Effect 3. I didn't play any of the Mass Effect games at the time. But I watched and I saw and I remember the Mass Effect community and how they reacted to Mass Effect 3's ending. Hmm. And they were terrible. They were lambasting um, Bioware and EA. They were saying that the game was terrible. They hated Bioware. They hated EA. How could they yeah. do this? We want it changed. We demand it be changed. It needs to be changed. Change the ending, so on and so forth. And I was on the mindset at the time no no matter how much you're upset with the ending that is their that's their artist and artist intent artist creation Mm -hmm. and we can't just demand that we that the creator of a piece of art change it change something about it because we don't like it like it's yes it's like when something comes out whether it be a piece whether it be a game movie um music once it gets released I don't know if it's a phrase or a saying or just like whatever, but I like I've heard it saying like once something comes out, it no longer belongs to the creator, and now it belongs to the people, or at least like the people feel like it belongs to them now because like yeah. they're the ones consuming it and stuff. But like, you we, we can't just demand. I don't like the end, change the ending to be something that I actually like because this is the terrible ending and the ending sucks. You did a bad job. You need to change it. And what happened? Bioware and EA folded and they changed the end. Well, they, they altered the ending. I don't want to say change, but they altered the ending to add some stuff to the end to give more context to certain things and stuff. But they folded. They, they gave in to the community, to the gaming community, just like all their anger and their demands and changed the ending. 
And what happened? That was the start. And that showed the game community that if you complain enough, you can get your developers to do what you want. And I'm not saying in terms of like, um, this needs to be nerfed or patched or whatever, like changing fundamental things about your game. Like if we complain enough, we can get that to happen. And that was the start of it. And I feel like you've, that has, that just fostered or was like the, the, the inception point for the community just having, just like being super vocal about demands that they have and having all this backlash is being like, hate that, cancel this, or don't do that or what have you, so on and so forth. So it's not a surprise that, you know, we're here today where I feel like, I mean, the, the gaming community, the gaming space is very different now. You have all, you have a many different forums, social media is in a whole different place than it was 10, nine years ago. Yeah. You know, um, developers and publishers, uh, they're more open to communicating with the gaming, with like their different fans and their communities and all like that. Mm-hmm. You have influencers now who kind of also act as like figureheads in a sense, or they're like yeah. the voice of the people in a sense for different communities and games and stuff like that. So it's it's harder to say if the gaming community has too much say over developers and publishers now than they did back then with the Mass Effect thing. Um. I don't know if I'd say that they have too much say. I would maybe say that nowadays their their voices are heard way more. Yeah. Their, their voices are heard way more and their thoughts are taken into way more consideration than they were back in the day. I think the the Mass Effect thing was a point where it was like we're getting all this hate and we just need to we need to stop it so we'll just do this for them will just fold and do yeah. this as opposed to now where now it's it's like you have it's when the gaming community or i don't i guess when communities are really vocal about things in games it tends to be more so like live service games we didn't have live service games back then yeah so when you have people being vocal like this should be changed that should be changed it should be altered so on and so forth it's more like again nerfs updates um new features to be added to a game over time you know it's it's very very different than how things were back then yeah so i yeah i don't know if i said that they have say over developers or publishers i would say that they i guess you could say they do in terms of what gets added to games in the future because again mm-hmm. really live service games is where we see this happening um, but also, like I said, I think they're just that their voices are heard way more now and taken into consideration for future things. Yeah. And this, this question, like, it, it might like sound like it was meant to don't want to say like target people, but uh-huh. it wasn't framed in a negative light. It was more just like, I think that it's not fair on the developers who, like I say, have probably put years or at least a year, year and a half of work into this game that all of a sudden, just because X amount of people don't like it, they now have to go and rework so many things about the game, right? Uh-huh. That's the part that I think is unfair. I don't I don't think that the gaming community has, has too much say over developers. 
I think that in certain things, they shouldn't have a say. If, oh, yes, 100%. Yeah. So, like, you know, similar to what you said, like, if some, if a, an overwhelming majority of the Overwatch community says, like, oh, D.Va's rockets are too powerful, they need to be, like, the damage of them needs to be nerfed. That's fine, right? Because that's a balanced thing that is going to, that affects the overall impact of the game, right? So that, I would say, is fine. Or, like, the sword or like you know sword range feels a little bit too far in warframe or something i don't know but like i feel like that stuff's fine because that's making the game better that's improving the game that's that's making quality of life updates rather than like you say changing fundamental things about your game that will take months and months to develop mm-hmm. which is what th- what has happened with ghost week on frontline now when i watched the trailer for it originally like I didn't hate it. Like I, I, I'll take a new battle royale game. Sure. Like, I enjoy battle royale games, but I also understand the argument of like this isn't what we want. This isn't like you know what we think you should be doing with the Ghost Recon franchise. Blah blah blah. But that in and of itself is like that's not what we think we you should be doing with your franchise. Mm-hmm. I do. I, that is one of the things that I think is like not necessarily what something the gaming community should have a say over as to like no 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 you need to to develop this kind of game this is the kind of game that you're you're known for developing or is known in this series mm-hmm. like i think it i think it stems from advanced and infinite warfare that the the, the oh call dear of god duty, i forgot call, about those the call of duty community had such a negative reaction to those games that now call of duty will not touch that again it wasn't it wasn't advanced warfare it was infinite warfare advanced warfare i remember people were fine with it people were like oh this is cool infinite warfare was the one that i don't know if it's still the case but what became the most disliked video on youtube yeah because people hated the future and of course you can't back out at that point the game's coming out it is what it is (laughs) yeah but just like the backlash that game got, like, just so much unnecessary hate. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's they're like, never going to touch the future with a 10-foot pole now because of that. And I hate yeah. that so much. Yeah, exactly. Because the gaming community has always been, like, called, or, like, some of the gaming community, I'll say, because this doesn't apply to everyone. But some of them have been, like, Call of Duty is the same game every year. Do something different. Same game every year. Do something different. That's and exactly then what happened. Activision and Sledgehammer and Infinite Ward and all the developers and publishers are like, okay, we'll try something different. So they try something different and everyone is like, no, we hate it. Go back to the way you did it before. Make the same game every year. And then now we're, they're still complaining it's the same game every year. I'm like, well, of course it is. The one time you tr- they tried to do something different, you gave them endless amounts of hate for it. So, of course, they're just going to make things that they know that people like, which I think is like the main problem with stuff like this is like now that kind of frontline has been told to like sit down and go back to how you were before. I don't think they're going to try and do anything super ambitious with the with the Ghost Recon franchise now. I think they're going to try and just go back to we know like you know wildlands or like the way like you said the, the way it goes to used to be of like we know people like this so we're just gonna do this and then we're gonna do this again and again and again well let me rephrase let me say this i didn't see the trailer for frontline i just read a bit about it frontline is ambitious that's safe in no. my in my eyes 
I think Ghost Recon Frontline is a safe thing. That it's just like here's another free to play battle royale game. Yeah. That like people don't want people want a people like I said after Breakpoint was like such a disappointment. People wanted yeah. Ghost Recon to be to get back to you know being great. You know they wanted if it was going to stick to the Wildlands template, do that, but be good at it. <laughs> don't be yeah. bad like Breakpoint. If you're not going to do that, let's rein things in some and get back to how we were before in terms of, again, being more tactical, squad-based, and all like that, that I could do with my friends or by myself. No one, they, like, it, it comes down to it being yet another free-to-play um, Battle Royale game yeah. from Ubisoft, the third one that we know of. Hyperscape, Heart, Heartlands, and then this. The third yeah. one that we know of from this, from this series that has kind of been on a downward slope. Yeah. And that's why people were disappointed with this. That's why people have been against this. And I'm all for people voicing their displeasure, their disappointment mm-hmm. with this, saying, I, this isn't what I want from you. This is, I'm disappointed as to what you're doing, so on and so forth. And as far as I see, you know, as far as I saw, that's why they, they delayed it. They were like, you know what? Let me read their tweet again. But if I'm right, you know, they're like, you know what? We, <laughs> I think it's fine. They said, hold on, it's coming up for me right now. They said, oh yeah, we're, we're dedicated to creating the, the best experience possible. <laughs> Things like, you, you say it like your game was, like it was a poor, like people played it already and it was poor. You need to work on it to make yeah. it better. Like, again, I didn't see the trailer, but like, if, if the game didn't look like, if, <clears throat> It doesn't look like the game wasn't what people wanted or desired. And that's why people yeah. were upset with it. And now it's being delayed to try and like put some space between them and but but oh, put some space between the closed test and like this poor reception. But the poor reception is gonna come back regardless. Yeah. It's going to be there, it's not gonna go away. So like you might as well just ride with it, hope for the best, and then let your game speak for itself at the end of the day. You know, I, I'm not yeah. I'm not for people saying like uh because I mean again like I didn't see anyone saying change like change your game, don't like it can't be this or whatever. Like I I from what I saw it was always people saying, This is not what I want, <laughs> this is not what anybody wants. Please like I wish you weren't doing this. I wish you were doing something else instead with Ghost Recon. So I I'm of that same mindset. I wish this they weren't doing this. I think it's funny that they, did, that they delayed it to try and put some space between them and the backlash, but the backlash is just going to be there. Maybe not as strong because the announcement, no, the backlash is strongest at the announcement. It'll be less strong when it appears again. And maybe yeah. the game will be able to speak for itself. But, I mean, this isn't what anyone wanted. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. No one wanted this and everyone's very disappointed by this. So I don't think people just people vocalizing the, the, the disappointment and then the game getting delayed isn't. I don't think that's them having too much to um, say over what Ubisoft does with Ghost Recon Frontline. Um, like even with earlier this year, Prince of Persia, how we saw the trailer for that, everyone's like, "That don't yeah. look good. <laughs> that looks bad." And then they're like, "Yeah, the game's indefinitely delayed." <laughs> I don't think that's a case of people speaking out too much because that's a point. That's a case of people saying, 
this doesn't look good. You need to like this needs to be like this needs more time in the oven. This needs, yeah. needs to cook. And that's the case of people speaking out and all right, hopefully it comes back better. You know, second impression, try again. This this is literally a case of just straight up disappointment and just yeah, this this is a case of people just being real disappointment and it's kind of like over Ubisoft's uh trend of following trends yeah. and just wanting something different. Yeah, and I, I think this that this kind of tacks on to the like kind of what you said of people being like, Yeah, this ain't it, this ain't it, Chief. Yeah. The, the only thing that Ubisoft cares about is how well is this gonna sell? How much money is this gonna make us? How how long can we milk money out of people for for this one game, right? Uh-huh. So of course if there's like an overwhelming backlash to it because like it looks bad, then of course they're gonna delay it because you're like they're like, okay, well, if we release it like this, then no one's going to play it. It's not going to make us any money. And we're just, it's wasting space on servers. So like, I don't, I don't disagree that if something like Prince of Persia, for example, like you said, when it, when the trailer for that dropped, everyone was like, Hey, this looks really bad. You should probably fix that before you launch it. Like, again, I don't think that's a case of, um, of like of of the of the gaming community having too much say over over a developer because, you know, it, I mean that goes into the entirely different discussion of like gaming companies releasing half baked games and then fixing yeah. them with patches after, which is yeah. an entirely different conversation. But I think when because as much as I think the overwhelming response to this was like this isn't what we want from Ghost Recon, there were people. I did see comments saying like, oh, just this looks bad, change, like, change the game. So uh-huh. I think that is then a case of people of, of people having too much say over developers. Because like I say, it's then going to take that developer months and months and months to go and rework how their game works, basically. Well, here's the thing. They don't have too much say unless it happens. Yeah. If the, if the game gets canceled, then it's a different discussion. If the games, if they say we're completely redesigning, we're completely reworking our vision for this game, then it's a different discussion. As of right now, there's like, yeah, we, we need to put on some space between your like the reception and the test. So we're gonna come, we'll come back in a bit. We'll keep working on it, we'll come back in a bit. If they said, if they say like two weeks from now, yeah, we're gonna cancel Ghost Recon Frontline because uh, we see the the community is really passionate. We saw all the responses from the passionate community and stuff like yeah. that. And we, we, we recognize that we kind of read the room wrong on this. So Ghost Recon Frontline is canceled. It's not happening. We're going to do something different with the Ghost Recon franchise. Then is a case of y'all, you all folded. Just like with Mass Effect, y'all folded. Yeah. And the gaming community won in this case. I don't, as much as I'm not with this idea, I want them to have their vision, make their vision, do their yeah. thing. I'm just not going to play it because I'm not, I'm not with the idea of it and all like that. But have your vision, do your thing. Don't give up your vision because people don't like the idea of it. Yeah, exactly. Don't and, uh, change your vision because people don't like the idea of it. Imagine if people found out about the spoilers for The Last of Us Part 2. Imagine if people found the story of that early in development and that leaked. Not a month, not two months before the game came out, like years into development, back in what? Let's see, the game was announced in 2016. 
You imagine the story for that was being written back in 2014. Imagine yeah. people found out about the story for that in 2014 and just lost it. Mm-hmm. You imagine if, you, if Naughty Dog didn't change the story because people were upset. Yeah. Now, granted, who's to say that the new story they came up with would have been better, but they changed their vision for the game because people were upset with the original one. And I personally love the original story for The Last of Us Part Two. And it would have been a shame if that story got changed because people didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's kind of what that what this question is aimed at is like developers and publishers and artists and whoever sacrificing their vision to satisfy the fan base, which I think is 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 the underlying problem I think of this question is not so much like hey we think this looks bad or we want you to change this mechanic or but like changing the the fundamental story and the way your game plays is is kind of the thing i think people shouldn't really have any say in yeah they they shouldn't have a say and again it's it's real i feel like it's different when it comes to live service games because live service games have to work hand in hand with the community they oh, have yeah. to fit the developer's vision but also work in a way where the community enjoys what's there and has, you know enjoys playing it and stuff like that so it's different with live service games but just the idea of what this game is, let it be a thing. Let it come on out. Don't let the community, as of right now, who hasn't even played this game or touched it in one bit, sit here and say, don't put this game out. All right, we're not putting it out. I'm not yeah. doing it. Like, let's, let's not do that. that. Then there's a different discussion of, yes, the gaming community is having too much say over them and is literally driving what their game is before it's even out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's all all the time we have for uh, for Ghost Recon. More time than many people had for it, tell you that much. <laughs> exactly. Okay, finally we are going to move on to what we've been playing. Um, I'm going to start because I have been playing Far Cry 6. I'm still enjoying it. My review will be out at some point. How far That's are you in it now? How much farther? Uh, I think I'm getting close to finishing the second second like of the three areas I, I i haven't played like a huge amount of it later i think when i talked about it last week i played maybe between seven and ten hours and now I'm maybe like between 11 and 15 like i i have not played a whole lot got it okay not had, a, not, not had a huge amount of time this week yeah yeah okay um but you say you're still enjoying it um yep. feeling any, any higher any lower you're still same amount of enjoyment Probably the same amount of enjoyment. Okay. Okay, cool. Interesting. I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing more about it and also getting it myself uh, probably as a Christmas thing. Right now, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to get Guardians next or if I'm not, if that'll be a Christmas thing. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to decide what my future with the game with gaming is going to look like in the, like, the next two months or so. Yeah. Um, just a random thing. I'm probably not going to get Guardians just because, like, the more I see of that game, the more, the more I'm like, hey, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I I gotta see more of it. I haven't actually watched much of it, so I did I do need to see more of it. But I am interested in the game. I do want to play it. Looks like it'll be fun. Tyler, what have you been playing? <laughs> um, so I played four games this week, and I finished three of them. <laughs> um, surprisingly, so I finished Life is Strange: True Colors, the main story, not the DLC. The DLC I'll probably do this weekend. Um, but I finished the main story. 
and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it a whole lot. The episodes four and five, I did them back to back, which is what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do one because I knew four would end on a cliffhanger, like they kind of always do. Mm. So I didn't want to do four one day and then five the next day. I'm like, no, we're back to back in this thing. And it, it, I really enjoyed the way it ended. Um, just like the, the emotional, I don't want to say emotional roller coaster, but just like the, the glimpses that we get into Alex's backstory in the final episode just like really helps, like, it really helps fully flesh out her character some more and get you like really to understand just like how tough things have been for her and why she why i guess like why she like had so much anger for certain people and why she was holding on to hope so hard in terms of like the life that she was gonna have with gabe her brother at the beginning of the season and it it just really it just really wrapped things up in a beautiful way where it's just like Alex, you know, just kind of, I don't want, how can I say this without really spoiling anything? I guess coming, coming into her own and just, yeah, I'm going to say coming into her own and bringing everything together in a nice, in a nice full circle way where this is a, this is the, this is like a, the, the, I guess, the correct way for your character to go. This is the natural ending for your character arc and the natural progression of it, the way that her story wraps up and the decision that you make at the end of the game. I don't think the, the final decision you make, either one of them, I think, is the right decision. I don't know if one is more right than the other. And I really sat there for a moment. I was like, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? And eventually I chose one thing and I was like, this was the right decision to make, mm. but the other one also would have been the right decision to make, given the story that she's been through and the journey that we've been on and stuff like that. It's tough to talk about the end of this game without spoilers, because again, Life is Strange, sport, the story is the game. Um, but I did really, truly enjoy it, and there were some really heartwarming moments there in like the final two episodes. There was one moment in particular in the fourth episode where I was just like, sitting there with this goofy smile on my face i was like this is like the cutest most romantic <laughs> heartwarming thing i've seen in this entire game it's just so freaking cute it's just like ah yes do the thing <laughs> do the thing please and thank you um yeah that was life is strange true cause i will do the wavelengths dlc maybe this weekend i've yet to decide i'm trying to decide what i'm going to play this weekend because Actually, I have uh, a question. What's your question? History, well, two things, actually. Um, the Wavelengths DLC is the one that is partnered with Critical Role. So there will be some... For anyone who watches Critical Role playing the Wavelengths DLC for True Colors, there are references in there. Um, nice. Secondly, would you say that True Colors has surpassed... I think it's Life is Strange 1 is your for favorite? Um, I think... I think I would say... It's tough because I've been thinking about this this week. And it's weird because when I play True Colors this week, 
I think the the amount of time between when I did episode when I last played episode three and then did episodes four and five, it kind of cooled me on the game some because I did episodes one, two, and three in the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Episodes four and five, it's been about two or so weeks since I did that. So like, there's been some time between me doing that and now getting back to it, yeah. where I think I cooled on it some, but even still, when it wrapped up. I was like, this was really great. This was such an enjoyable experience. I love these characters. I like again, I haven't loved the characters this much since the very first Life is Strange. So I think I need a bit more time to think about it. As of right now, mm-hmm. I think they're on the same level. Okay. In terms of, in my opinion, I think they're on the same level. If anything, one might be a bit higher, but I think like they could easily, I could easily inter swap, interchange them, yeah, like, to swap them around, and I don't think I would be too hard on myself. I will say this about the ending. I'm not again not being specific. No spoilers. They they're both emotional endings, but in different ways. Whereas mm-hmm. Life is Strange one, it's like a sad emotional ending where you're like, like damn, like yeah. this is how things happen. True Colors, the ending for that, it's emotional in the sense of like emotional catharsis. It's mm-hmm. like we're finally, we're finally putting our feelings out there. We're finally putting everything on the table. We're seeing people and we're seeing people for who they are, what they are. You know, we're, we're understanding them. We're really, we're truly empathizing with them. And it's like, that's the type of emotion that you get out of that. You're just like, I feel for you. I understand you. I see where you're coming from. I see, I see why you did what you did. And I understand you. And I either, I either, you know, I'm either upset with you for, or I'm forgiving you for what happened for the things that went down. And then, you know, when you get to the final decision that you have to make, it's like, you're either, it's like, you're, you can, it's like, you're choosing what, what you want your future to be. Again, without being very specific, you're choosing what you want your future to be. And it's like, as you're like, as the pieces of it are coming together for you, as you try to make this decision, it's just like, I like the sound of that future, but I like the sound of this future as well. And it's like, which one do I want to go with? And neither one is like a, like, no, neither decision is like, man, like, I'm, I'm sad crying. (laughs) Like, this Mm -hmm. was a sad thing. It's more like, you you get emotional i guess at the thought of what could be and the thought of what you might miss and you're just like man what do i want to go with and it it, i connected with it on that level because it's like man like we all have that we have that moment where we're like what do i want to do do i want to do this do i want to do that and how is this going to change things for me and if I do this, am I going to regret not doing that? If I could do this, am I going to regret not doing that? You get what I mean? And yeah, um, sorry, I, I think I've actually gone through one of those decisions quite recently. Ah, wow, <laughs> those are always tough decisions. Um, but yeah, it's it's a different type of emotional. Where like I was, yeah. like I was saying, life is strange. The first one, it's a sad emotional. This one is like a more heartwarming happy type of emotion where like you feel great you feel really good about things and how things wrap up and how things 
just all played out and stuff. You're just like the things look things look good from here on out and all. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I'm really torn on it. I'm genuinely torn on it. I think True Colors, as of right now, I'd say they're on the same level. But I yeah. think about it more. I might even play True Colors again because, like I said, I cooled on it some between three and four. So I might replay it again all the way through. Um, but I think they're both on the same level for me right now. Okay. Yeah. That was that was my question. Yeah, it was a great game. Really great game overall. Um yeah, I don't know what I was trying to think about like what I would score it. Um, I don't know what I would score it right now. Again, like I said, I I, I actually wasn't even thinking about that when I played the game, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, really enjoyable. If you like Life is Strange, you will love True Colors. It, there's just no ifs and buts about it. You will. It's definitely one of the better ones in that series for sure. Um, but yeah, like I said, I did play three other games this week. Finished two of them. Halfway done with one of them. I played Halo Three. I played Halo Four, and I'm halfway through Halo Five. <laughs> um. Halo 3, I never went through the full campaign before. Most I ever did was the first mission, maybe the first two. Um, the first mission, you know, it's getting to your ba- to the base. The second mission is protecting the base and leaving the base. Mm-hmm. Um, the most I ever did was, like, maybe up, finish the second mission, maybe part of it. Um, so fully went through that, completely done with Halo 3. That was a good game. I already knew the ending of it because when I was younger, I looked up the ending because I never thought I would even play the game anyway. Looked up the ending. I already knew how it ended. Um, but that was cool. I was very surprised by how short it was as I finished it in a day. I played for like, as I was telling Karen before the show, played for like two, three hours, put it down, went to eat dinner, came back, played another three hours, and I was done. I was like, wow, that felt way shorter than Halo 2 and Halo 1. I don't know if like, like yes, 3 did have less missions than both of those games, but I think also Halo 1 and 2, the missions themselves are just longer. I think yeah. like the way they're structured, they just take longer to get through, as opposed to Halo 3, where like the missions were much shorter to get through. Um, like I was hitting part time on a lot of those missions, like the part of <laughs> like 20 minutes, 50 hours, I was hitting it out some way. Um, so did that. Halo 4, I have played completely all the way through. I played it when it first came out. I was just replaying it just to have it totally fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, and that one, I think it's, I don't know if I say it was also sh- like felt like the same length as three. Maybe it felt about the length of three, maybe a bit between the length of two and three. Um, I did hit a bug in it though. It was actually funny. Uh, and I looked it up. Apparently I think it's bug only happens in the Master Chief Collection version of four. Um, it's the mission where you are you're on the mammoth the the giant mm-hmm. tank look at thingy and you're just basically escorting it around yeah there's a glitch that happens where i think there's like a pelican not a pelican one the the giant covenant ship thingies it's one of those things where i think Corvette? it's there you go i think it's the name of it yeah yeah like you go in it and you like destroy it or whatever and then you get back on the mammoth it goes i think the corvette's supposed to explode it didn't for me whatever Get back on the man if it keeps on going and it makes a turn. And I think with this glitch, if the Corvette doesn't blow up, when you get to that turn, the rest of the level does not load in. Oh. So the Corvette <laughs> thing is the Corvette keeps driving like it's on the path, but the rest of the level is not there. So eventually you get to a point where you have to get off the mammoth. You have to get off the mammoth and like go on land and do stuff. 
You can't though. If you jump off, you die. And the checkpoint is literally at the part where the where the mammoth turns and there's no land at all. So I hit this glitch and I was like, okay. So I looked it up and people were saying, yeah, some people were saying that they like try restarting the level, but it happens to them again. So I was like, this is like halfway through the level and I'm not restarting this just to hit this glitch again. And I've already played this game. So I just, I just went on YouTube, found a playthrough and just like skimmed through it to find like, just to like cut scenes and dialogue. And funny how that mission was the one where at the end you meet the librarian and she gives you like Mm -hmm. whatever powers to make you live and stuff. It was like, oh yeah, significant stuff happened at the end of this one. (laughs) Good thing I've like rewatched. So that happened, but then, you know, finished the game and stuff. And yeah, I, it was weird playing it because I was like, you know, I'm not sure if I like the, the Prometheans more than the Covenant. But I think back in the day, I was like, they're cool. They're awesome. They're still yeah. cool. They, they definitely add an interesting dynamic to things. I think my least favorite thing about them are definitely the little, like, lion, like, the little cat-type ones that just, like, mm-hmm. run up to you. Yeah. It's just, like, y'all are just annoying. Y'all just keep coming up yeah. and just, like, shooting me from, like, up close and stuff. You're very annoying. But I still contend to this day, because I, I was talking about it with my brother, who's played all the Halo games. Like my ranking of them all, I'll get to five in a second. But with my ranking of the stories, four is, if not number one, it's number two. And number one, if not number two, is Reach. Like four and Reach are at the top for me. And then after those, it's Halo 2, and then three, and then one, and then five at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Reason being, because I've started playing five this week, halfway through that game. And while I do not think the story is terrible, and when I say halfway, just, just for like context um, and everything, I'm at the mission where you just get to sing Helios as a lock. Okay. That's the mission. I, I'm at the start of that mission. I stopped there. Um, so the story, not terrible, but it's also not that great. It's like, it's like I'm interested in what ha- what's happening and where things are going, but at the same time, I'm just like, we're doing a bit too much here. Where we have, it's like this was the game where I remember when it came out, three four three talking about how they wanted to bring in elements from the extended universe of Halo, like the books and whatever, mm-hmm. into the mainline series. So we have this character Roland who Lansky keeps talking to sometimes, and it's like. Who are you again? He's like, he just pops up as a hologram in the like one cutscene. The first cutscene he appears. Oh, yeah. He just pops up as a hologram and he'd like, no introduction, nothing. Just us talking in the conversation. Just like, who are you? And everyone's <laughs> just talking to him without like introducing who he is. It's like, who are you though? Like, why do I care about you? Why are people taking your word as gospel? What's going on here? Why is there so much weight to what you're saying and all like this? No explanation. Just, oh yeah, I'm here. Cortana's doing this? What? Huh? okay interesting stuff's happening there the whole mystery behind what's happening with cortana it's it's not that it's not interesting i'm not a fan or i'm not the biggest fan of how with halo 4 it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit hypocritical i'll explain in a second i'm not a big fan of how with halo 4 they tried to put they started putting more emphasis 
on the Cortana and Master Chief's relationship. They tried to make a thing out of something that was never there in the past. Like, yeah, they would have like banter, fun banter and two and three yeah. and stuff like that. But like three kind of, I guess, planted a tiny seed of it when he got her back from Gravemine. But mm. four is like starting to make something bigger out of it that was never there. And again, they, they started playing, they planted some seeds of like the reasoning why in the beginning of four, you know, like how they, how he would take the children and kidnap them and make them Spartans. They were anti-social and stuff. So you got the AI, like you get the reasoning for it. And it works in four. I liked the way that Cortana's relationship with Chief was built on in four. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm all for making her more of a character, giving her more depth and stuff, giving him more depth. I like it. What was done with it in four was cool. And she died or seemingly died. Fine. But now we're making her, at least seemingly, it's like now she's becoming a god of sorts, mm-hmm. in a sense. And Chief is hell-bent on finding her and stuff and now we're trying to find other people to find her other people are trying to stop her as well but we're not finding out the whys as of yet i feel like i'm about to get to the why like the true reason behind everything it just seems like a lot is being thrown at the wall to see what sticks in terms of expanding the universe but certain things probably didn't need to be expanded and it's it's really interesting going playing all these games back to back to back it's been interesting seeing the immediate and stark difference in design from three to four to five. Four stuck very close to like, four was like, we're going to be old school Halo, but in the modern day. Yeah. So like the gameplay and how buttons worked was basically how it was in Halo 3. You know, right bumper was still your reload. B was your melee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that type of stuff. Mission structure was very similar to how 3 was and not how the older Halo games were and stuff like that. Um, you know, your cutscenes were similar and everything like that. It was all, yeah. it was like old school Halo, but in the modern day. And it worked so well. 4 to 5, it's <laughs> like, okay. We are not old school Halo in the modern day anymore. We are Halo. We are modern day Halo doing what modern game day modern day games do. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for Halo modernizing its control scheme. You know, so X is now your reload and doing stuff. Right bumper is right bumper is what again? Grenade. Grenade. Yes. Right bumper is grenade. B is your dash. Crunch. No. B is not that. B is not crouch. B is your dash in Halo 5. Oh, I forgot Halo 5 had dashes. Yeah, B is your dash. Yeah. Right bumper, yeah, right bumper is still your melee, I think. But B is like your dash in a sense. Because um, you must I, have a different control scheme. Yeah, I was, I was going to say. Uh, yeah, I like the first thing. Like, and uh, Halo fans are going to hate you. But the first thing I do whenever I get a Halo game is I change the control. I think it's called Recon, maybe. I can't remember. Mm. But like the like Call of Duty one, where, like right to grenade, B's crouch, L, uh, like left mm-hmm. stick in his sprint. That's immediately what I change my, con- my control scheme to. Got it. Well, yeah, like I just keep as a default. It's like they've changed the controls. Fine with them. Cool, they changed the controls. It's also just been tough for me to get used to because I've played. Two, three, four, bat yeah. raw, bat to bat. So I'm like, right bumper's melee. No, that's no right bumper's reload. No, I'm doing a melee. B is my melee. No, that's doing the dash. No, I'm doing the wrong, doing the wrong things here. Yeah. Still getting used to it. But like, just in terms of the game's design. So like, 
like how can i explain like i'm surprised there's a mission that literally the mission is we are in town talking to people and mm-hmm. like we're the ones the people trying to catch it on the discussions something never happened in other hilly games before i'm fine with y'all modernizing it but it feels so weird and kind of out of place in a sense and it's like the mission is we are talking to them and i was like all right mission three done what really that was mission three? Oh, okay I, didn't, I thought there was more to it than that. I don't know. It's just, I guess there's that. Some like, some, uh, it, it's just, it's just a weird game overall. The yeah. campaign is very weird. I'm, I'm down for the gameplay adjustments though. Like being able to do run and charge and someone and take them out. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being able to hover in the air and pow, 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 pow. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, or be hovering in the air and do the slam. I love doing that slam. That's really it's, cool. Yeah, it's it's really satisfying. Um, like I'm all for some of these for some of the gameplay adjustments, but it's like the story and the way the campaign is structured, it seems very different from three and four. Like it's I guess you could say maybe it was like the natural evolution of what they wanted to do from four mm-hmm. on, but it's just so in stark contrast to what four did. Like I think if they kept on doing it with how the four was, where we're going to stick to how old school Halo plays, right? Stick to how old school Halo plays in the modern day and the mission structure of it all and, like, stick to that. But, you know, bring in some new elements or whatever and some new story things, maybe it'd be cool, but I feel like they went too far in the other direction. They went too far towards, like, trying to make things new and stuff. Yeah. Um, kind of to tag on a couple of things to what you were saying, uh, in terms of your role in the example... That's one of the biggest complaints that I think people have about Halo 5 is that, like, unless you've read the books and you've done all this research into the Halo universe, if you've just played the games, you're not going to understand some of the story. And I think that's that is some of the, like, well, one of the biggest complaints people have with Halo 5 is, like, you know, you need you need to be well versed in the entire Halo universe instead of just the games in order to in order to understand this. Uh-huh. And then, I I don't think Halo Five is a bad video game. Just a bad Halo I, game. It's a bad Halo game. Yeah. Like, if if you take the name off of it and just say this is futuristic alien shooter X. It's it's a good game. I enjoy it. Like you say, like some of the design elements of or the gameplay elements more of like the hovering in the air and dash into people and stuff. That's really cool. I enjoy doing that a lot. The enemies are all really cool if some of them are a little bit annoying. Uh-huh. The, like this story, again, like if you were to take the name off of it and replace Master Chief with someone else, then you know, this story is cool. It's a guy searching for this person that he's known almost all of his like kind of sp- like character life. like character life, I guess you could say. Like yeah. It's really not a bad game. i I enjoy it. It's a bad Halo game. Yeah. And like I for you mentioning the characters remind me like the characters again, they're not bad, but like some of the characters, I'm just like, you're kind of boring. In a flat, yeah. like Locke, it's just like uh, maybe we'll learn more about him in the like as the game goes on. But he's kind of like, just like, I'm mad at Master Chief. Let's go find Master Chief because I'm yeah. mad at Master Chief. Like the only character, like Master Chief's team, 
they have some personality to them but you know not as much as master chief and although his the only reason i could say like that is because you we've known master chief for some time so like we're kind of more invested yeah. in him and care more about him and stuff but like of the characters that are not master chief buck has like you know like the most personality i guess but again that's yeah. because we care about him because he was an odst yeah so and also nathan fillion you can't go wrong you got nathan fillion as a character. <laughs> exactly. he just brings he just brings the charisma and stuff but like it's just I, I don't know. It's again not bad, not terrible as of yet, but like I'm not really enjoying it as much as I have the other ones. Just in terms of again, just characters, the events that are happening, just enjoying the story, be like, oh man, this going down, this going down, yeah. this is about to go down and stuff. Like the I, I I'll say this again. I don't think any uh, I know I gave my ranking for the Halo games before. I don't think any Halo game has ever had a truly great story that I was truly really invested in and really cared about aside from Reach and 4. Okay. Until Reach, the Halo games are just like... I feel like the Halo games until Reach are just like, yep, this battle's happening. We got some characters here that are cool, but you don't really get invested in the story until like the end of 2. And then 3 is like, kind of building on that one story is just like i guess you could say generic sci-fi story and you build yeah. on the lore after that with two reach's story though start to finish like it's i guess i'll say it's self-contained in a sense but like that story truly genuinely really great story like i actually cared about everything happening in that story two and three it's like kind of i guess you kind of do kind of don't but halo's Halo story is important to Halo, and I guess I'm kind of talking in circles and being weird here, but like Halo's stories are not like fine art, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And they've never been the best thing in the world. Reach's story has has always been the best Halo story that we've gotten from any of these games. So for five to not have an amazing story, it's not the worst thing in the world. But compared to the others, it's like, yeah, this ain't all that great. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, what I'm uh, getting at. When uh when you were saying that like the whole like intro to the like, oh yeah, there's never really been like a great Halo campaign. Halo, and I'm like, if you don't say two words, like except reach on the end of this, I'm 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 gonna be mad. No, yeah, I mean like it's also like the playing the can the campaigns are fun. I just mean like the like the stories of them, oh yeah, yeah. and stuff. But like fours is I mean reach, I'm sorry, reach is like bar none just absolutely fantastic start to finish mm-hmm. 100%. start to finish it is best, best halo game hands time and then four is under that in my eyes because the story and the catch development that happens in it is so so good mm-hmm. it's so great and so rich and again expands the world some but not too much it doesn't get too crazy with things it makes you care about the characters one two and three the characters are there you only care about them i guess not because of what's happening to them because of who they who they are what they say and what yeah. they do like you like johnson because he's like yeah i'm the hip i'm that real hard guy but i'm also got a like a personality behind me and i got you know yeah. jokes and punchlines stuff like that <laughs> so you like Cor- i could have been your daddy but it- a dog beat me over the fence exactly you like you like master chief just because he yeah. looks cool and he just does cool things yeah. you like cortana just because you know back in the day you're just like Cortana, she's a naked AI. 
and she, she has like like snippy punchlines and stuff. You're like, yeah. that's the only reason you like those characters. Other than that, there's no reason to actually care about the characters yeah. in any Halo game. That's it. So that's why like four is that's why like it's so much better. You gives you a reason to care about them aside from you know you've been with them all this time and stuff. Like now I actually have a true reason to care about them. Yeah, no, and I I I think I definitely agree with you on that. The aside from Reach and the games before four, I not that I didn't care about the story, not that I didn't enjoy playing through them, like you say. It's just that like like you said, it's kind of like, oh, this battle is happening. Oh, I have to stop the Covenant. That's kind of the game, right? But then when you get to four and they're like, there's genuine character growth between like Chief and Cortana and mm-hmm. all these side characters that come in. Like there, there is like a genuine reason to care about them. So I, I wonder which side of that they are going to lean on in Infinite. I wonder if they are... If they're going to go back because everyone's like, we want Halo again, I wonder if they're going to go back to the, okay, like there's, you know, fight the Covenant and the Banished and, and stuff. That, that'll that be cool. Or if they're, and I think this is the direction, like from stuff we've seen so far, especially around the pilot, um, I, I I think they're, they're going to lean on the side of like, yeah, we want you to care about these characters. Not just and be I, like, they're a cool yeah. looking person who says a cool thing or does a cool thing. Yeah. Um, also, one more thing, just to correct myself. Uh, by the way you were talking earlier, it sounds like it, you may, uh, it was a Phantom rather than a Corvette because the Corvette is the like massive spaceship. The yeah, Phantom used. is the one I probably yeah. meant. Yeah. The I, Phantom I, is, is like the dropship. Yeah, that you said it and I'm like, that is 100% correct. <laughs> Corvette before, I was like, sure, whatever. That The thing, the thing, yeah. thing. Um. But yeah, I have wondered like, myself as well, like with where I am at Infinite, how it is in terms of, I'm not Infinite, five, with where I am in it, and just again, how structurally the story is designed, the campaign's designed yeah. and stuff, as opposed to four, I'm just like, okay, from having in mind what I've seen of five, I'm hoping five really is more of a return to four and three and not continuing the five style of like the structure of the story. Yeah. But they're also going semi-open world with this. So that kind of also throws things in the, you know, up in the air in that yeah. space as well. And I where I am in the story, I'm sitting here wondering, I'm like, what what the heck is how the how the heck is infinite gonna start? And <laughs> yeah, they're they're saying they want if it to be a fresh jumping on point, but with where I am in this story, where it seems like things are about to be going, I don't see how you can have a fresh jumping on point for infinite after this. I don't see how. Yeah. And my like I talked to my brother and he said, without like spoiling anything, he said, Yeah, I feel like they're gonna have to have a time jump of some sort after this one. I oh, hundred percent. Like, so I'm like, even if they do, like I wondered it's like what the heck the story is gonna be like. Like, how they're gonna explain what the heck happens at the end of this in relation to the beginning of Infinite. It's gonna be interesting to see. I'll be able to talk about it more next week because I'll be done with with five today. I'm planning on finishing that today. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm I'm real curious how uh, what the story is going to be in Infinite because like the story points in four or five and hopefully in well in four and five I've enjoyed like they're not terrible they're not uh-huh. like it's got me interested I'll I'll put it that way but yeah. it's just how I think it's how they tell it uh-huh. in 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 four and five it's like like four is a good story don't get, don't get me wrong but 
especially in five, I think it's how they tell it is difficult, difficult to take if you're a Halo fan. So I'm 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 excited to see how they are going to play out in Infinite and where the story is going to continue from. Yeah, I I also will say I know we keep talking about this. Can you say I will say I will say I will say one last <laughs> point. Um, I but I, this is one thing I've always like thought about with Halo, and I was happy they did it with four. Like the Prometheans. I know I said that I kind of like they kind of be can be a bit annoying fighting them, mm-hmm. but I was happy that they introduced the Prometheans and had them as more of like a like your main enemy in that game. Because yeah. it's like, all right, we done dealt with the Covenant and the Brutes for five games, including ODST and Reach. So yeah. it's like bring in fresh faces, bring in fresh enemies. The Covenant were still there in four and stuff, but you know, they weren't that big of a presence. Well, I guess they were like a fair, like a mixed presence between them and the Prometheans and stuff like that. Yeah. And five, it's like it's still the it's still the covenant and also Prometheans too. It's like the covenant, is, oh, the covenant's bad again. We got we got bad covenant out here. It's just like I wish that Halo would move on from mm-hmm. some of the older enemies. Like move on from the covenant. I don't. We don't need to keep fighting the same grunts and the same elites. And I understand that, like you know they kind of they set it up before like. Oh yeah, must I thought we had a truce? Uh, must be a splinter cell or a rogue group. That's your out to have the covenant still be yeah. needed to fight you and stuff like that. But like, I wish that Halo would be like, all right, you know what? These, I understand that people have a nostalgic attachment to these enemies, but we also want to need to do something new and fresh. So, I will say I am interested in seeing um, what they do with the brutes in Infinite. Because it seems like the I mean the covenant's still there, and we've seen the brutes, but we haven't seen like anything else new. It looks like it's literally going back to the Halo Three enemy selection of brutes and covenant. And I kind of wish it just wasn't just them. I wish the series would actually like move past like the nostalgia glasses. But I understand if they did that, then people would be mad and be like, "I want the Halo that I know and love." Um, I will say that there is potential for uh the flood to be quite uh oh, no. No, no 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 let them die let them stay uh-huh. dead i'm tired of the flood <laughs> like, um it, all i will the flood does get used like well like when they when they appear it's like oh shoot <laughs> they're not there all the time <laughs> yeah. because they, they know we can't use the flood all the time but uh i don't want the flood please thank you yeah. they're annoying um just go you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna say what I'm gonna say because it's it's a spoiler for the for Halo Wars two. But mm. um but yeah the, the flood may have may have something to do with an infinite. But I don't know. I mean we're on a Halo ring, that's not a surprise to me. Yeah. But yes, uh I think we've talked about Halo for a substantial amount of time, but way more uh, than I thought we would. Yeah, very, very good conversation, I think. I will say that uh that is the end of episode 29 of the i was about to say i hope that you're saying that this is the end (laughs) um yes that will conclude episode 29 of the play to win podcast thank you all very much for watching once again you can check out our website play to win games.wordpress.com where you will find all of our content if you want to go and listen listen read the written version of both tyler's kana review and my halo infinite multiplayer preview you can do so on our website, playtowingames.wordpress.com. You can subscribe to us while you're watching the podcast here on YouTube. We post videos every Monday and Friday. Mondays are podcasts. Fridays are reviews, previews, anything you can think of that isn't main podcast content. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at playtowingame. 
where you will get updates on the show. We post some stuff on there. I, I post some stuff on the Instagram story sometimes. So go and check it out. Um, Tyler, where can people find you? You can find me over on Twitter at TylerMiller2496. Uh, this past week, I have kind of died down a bit on the Sora love. So if you followed me this past week, you know, you kind of got a break from it. <laughs> this coming week, the day this goes live, Sora comes out and smash. The hype train starts back up, baby. <laughs> sorry, but I'm not sorry. If you follow me, you're going to be seeing a whole lot of Sora stuff because the Sora love is coming back at full force. Um, but I will also say, uh, in addition to reading the reviews and the previews, also go watch the videos because put, we put work into them videos. Oh, yeah. And uh, they came out pretty well. They came out pretty, pretty well. So go definitely go watch the video preview that Karen did for Halo Infinite Multiplayer. Go check out the video that I did for the video review of Cana Bridge of Spirits. Both really good videos. And we appreciate any and all support that we get. Share the stuff with everybody. Please and thank you. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. The work goes into these videos and we, we very much appreciate when people when people watch them and comment or like them. That's, yes. that's something we appreciate a lot. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T, all one word, where you will be snowed under with Far Cry 6 screenshots for however long I'm playing that game. <laughs> um, I will say that none of them will contain spoilers, just as a heads up. Uh, yes, thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you all in the next video. Talk to you all later.